now, introducing the man who stayed up to watch the entirety of the Thursday night football game between Jacksonville and Cincinnati, something he insists was because there was nothing better to do but that, quote, I could quit whenever I wanted, unquote, even though he refused to acknowledge he'd already set an alarm to wake up October 10th to watch the Falcons and Jets play in England. While he was upset that the Orioles had likely played themselves out of the number one pick in the draft, he found solace in the fact that he was finally allowed to kick Green Day out of his bedroom. He is Glenn Clark. You know what? Such I, actually, I actually knew it was coming today, too. They, they, they gave us a warning they were going to be testing the fire alarms. I just forgot. Oh, man. That's good stuff. All right, Jordan, you want to close that Jordan, door? do me a favor. We're going to have to close that door, which sucks because it's about to get really sweaty in here. That's yeah, one of the right. nicest part about nobody being in the office since the pandemic began. Sure, the airflow. Is that the airflow has just improved. Well, it's been existent. Overwhelmingly. I wouldn't exactly call it Yes, correct. There is, yes. there is no airflow yeah. otherwise. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yes, I did get a note. They're going to be testing the, uh, the fire alarms in the building, so... That's cool. Lovely. Enjoying that. At least it's not shrill, you know? Oh, man. Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. Lil Jordan's here this morning as well. Busy day on tap. Bo Smolka's going to join us in a few minutes. Pressbox Ravens beat writer. Later on in the hour, the Hall of Famer, James Lofton. He is on the call for Ravens Broncos Sunday for CBS. We will check in with one of the greatest wide receivers in football history. Uh, it's a Friday, so we, of course, will have all of our normal Friday fun, like Kyle in the Kitchen and Young Utes. Also, Senator's Suggestions with Senator Justin Reed. By the way, it's 1120 and 1135. I, I took care of it. Don't worry. It's 1120 and 1135. I, I changed those times. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I well, told you told me 1115 yesterday. At no, I didn't. Yes. I, no, we talked about the possibility of doing that, and then I said, no, I'll just bump the other one to 1135. Well, it's okay. It's well, okay. Senator Justin Reed might join us a bit early on the Zoom because that was what I scheduled it for on the it's fine. chat he, itself. Nobody told him that it was going to be 11. It's okay. I, I, pro- not, I promise you. I'm everything, not sweating it. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's I'm gonna, not sweating it. Everything is going to be all right. It's all right. Get down, stay up all night now. Everything's, everything will be all right. All right. Where are my good Charlotte people at? Where are they? Waldorf Worldwide, baby. Anyway, um, uh, Senator was going to check in with us, Senator Justin Reedy. We'll uh, preview the college football weekend coming up a little bit later on this morning as well. We do that on Friday, Senator's Suggestions. So that's all on tap for this morning. A few things. Numero uno, today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. And they've got a new deal for you starting today because today is the first day of October. And what they're offering you now at Window Nation is the fall is calling sale. Leaves are changing. Temperatures are changing. It's time for some change. Perhaps, you know, some new windows maybe. Get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Sounds familiar? Yeah, it might. Plus, pay nothing for two Full years, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Number two on my list is I need to know when we're going to get to the point. Lovely. It's going. You can open the door back up. Until they start. Yes, until it starts again. Next time they test it, close the door just as quickly. You're on door duty today. Congratulations. This is a big moment in a man's career when he gets door responsibilities. I need to know when we're going to get to the point where we can stop 
pretending like coaches aren't effing the F up when they don't tell their defenses to let teams score touchdowns late in games. I need to know when we're going to have this adult conversation. Urban Meyer's never effed up in his life. I understand that, but it's not just Urban Meyer that's the problem to me. No, I want to take the time to criticize Urban Meyer. That's fine. I know you don't like Urban Meyer. That's all well and good. He doesn't... I don't think you're going to have any problem doing it so far. Although last night they were far more competitive. It was so funny when he had his head down and just dejection in the first half of the yeah, football when game. When they were leading. <laughs> yeah. When they were ahead. My wife was like, what's he doing? I'm like, well, he's Suffering, I suppose. Disappointed the play before didn't work. I don't know. Um, it's not just Urban Meyer isn't the only problem. It's that the people calling the game aren't willing to say it either. Nobody's willing to talk about it. It's some sort of weird taboo. That exists in football. We're like, well, no, you can't just let someone score. No, this is football. No, why would we ever do that? It would be like saying you could never intentionally walk someone in the game of baseball or never intentionally miss a free throw in basketball or something along those lines. We have utterly ignored this with few exceptions there have been a couple exceptions over the years and also of coaches that have gotten doesn't it right. guarantee the players on the offensive side won't be smart and just go, go down 100 percent. you don't know what they're going to do Ahmad Bradshaw once, he, yeah once upon a time where I didn't Maurice Jones Drew do it once time too because uh, all the fantasy owners yeah. really mad at him it's not hard there's one scenario by which the game can continue it's the scenario in which you give up a touchdown and it's not you purposely try to give up the touchdown on the first play of the drive. In Madden, I used to do that sometimes. Now, that's a little silly. Well, but depending on, on where they take, uh, yeah, they take the If they take over the ball at their own 30, then, or at the opposing 30, then yeah, of course. They're already in field goal range. If they get the ball at their own 25 off a touchback. I'll do it. Then no, you should probably try to play defense, get a stop, and force overtime. The Jaguars... We're on the, you know, in the, in the, they were in that sort of cusp. I don't remember where the play started. It was around like the 42. And it was an underneath pass to CJ Ozoma. And he just kept rumbling. And suddenly he was inside the 30. And once he was inside the 30, that should be your line of demarcation. They ain't missing the kick. This is the NFL. Yeah, roughly at the 38 or so, I'd probably say. Mm. I mean, at that point, you can... No. Giving up, gifting a touchdown in that scenario, no. It's sort of a... There, you have to figure out... You have to do the math on who that kick... In the, it's With all the timeouts I, they had left. I, while like, I understand what you're saying, the the the, the, the Bengals should, kicker uh, is not a particularly should, experienced kicker. Uh, what's um, it, Cheryl McLaughlin? Who? Cheryl McLaughlin. Cheryl, Cheryl yeah, Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin is who Sarah, you're trying no, to No, Cheryl. Yeah. It's her sister. Uh, Cheryl. Evan McLaughlin. Thank Cheryl, you, little yes. Jordan. Uh, that's what he was trying to say. He just said he just said Evan very lightly. I don't think anybody. Yes, Evan McLaughlin is their kicker. He's not very experienced. I certainly understand that you there is there is more reason to say, hey, we could probably push this as far as like the anything inside fifty is where we're in trouble. If it's beyond fifty, we'll give him the chance to miss it. I understand that, no problem. But once you get inside it being a forty-seven, forty-eight yard kick. He ain't missing it. Or the likelihood is so slim that you can't make decisions based around it. So when C.J. Azoma gets past the first couple of defenders and breaks in... Who? Azoma? Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. I don't own him, for what it's worth. 
I uh, didn't play James Robinson, who I do own. I did play him in another league, however, and that one that one went went quite well. I also made the split decision around 7.30 last night. I don't know. Call it a hunch. I was like, I don't trust the Bengals' defense two weeks in a row. It seems smart and to I me. And I dropped them. Seems smart to me. So at that point, you have to allow that player to try to score a touchdown. Now, to Kyle's point, yes, it's possible that the same conversation was had in the Bengals' um, huddle and as they were calling plays in and – Joe Burrow reminded everyone, hey, if you break free, go down at the three. It's totally possible. It was a hell of a slogan for that presidential run. If you, you, know? break, if you break free, go down at the three. Yeah. It was very it was very strange, and I'm not really <laughs> sure what it had to do with Martin Van Buren looking back on it, but it worked. So, hey, man, go with what you know, um, which, is, which, by the way, was the, the slogan for Calvin Coolidge, go yeah. with what you know. The point being, you got to try it. Nothing good is coming from you making that tackle. You get a tackle. Thank you. That's right. For the individual player, they do get the tackle, and that helps if you're playing IDP in fantasy. You gotta at least attempt to allow him to score. Now, if you do it in such an obvious way, it might wake like the in Madden when I used to run, run the other the way. Yes, <laughs> I remember a thing or two about that. If you do it in such an obvious way, it might wake that player up and say, "Oh, right, I shouldn't try to score here." And we've discussed how it's. Surely difficult for players who are wired to do one thing right, in the moment to 100%. not do that thing. But that's why, to me, it's not on the players. It's not on the players. It's on the coaches. It's on the coaches to say, if they get behind you in this scenario, you let them score. Run with them. It was like the middle school dance rule, you know? Correct, 1,000%. That was what all the teachers would say. All the chaperones. They're behind you. You go. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe we should leave that one on the. When we were in middle school. Well, it's still not good. Young not, Sprites. Not, no, not. High school dance. Not good. Not, not, I don't think we're supposed to talk about. What like, do you mean? 13 year old scoring. All right, scoring. fine. I don't 16. Think that's something. All right, maybe a little bit more. But still, Kyle, it's. It was a joke about when I, we were I in school. I understand that, pal, but it's just there's a line. I just feel like there's a line. I thought it was clever. I, well. <laughs> Maybe for a different audience. <laughs> Maybe for a different audience. Um, you got to do it. That's the that's the only choice you have is to attempt to let them score. And if they don't, they don't. But you're in no different of a situation than if they that player goes down at the three, then bully for him. Very smart. Uh, but you have to at least try. You have to at least try in that scenario to let that player go score because it's the only thing you can do to keep the game alive. Putting the game in the hands of the hope that someone might miss a chip shot field goal. Cheryl McLaughlin. Oh, Cheryl McLaughlin. I think a change will do you good, and that change would be to let players score in that situation. And the bigger problem to me isn't just, it's not just Urban Meyer. It's that Troy Aikman, who, by the way, does Troy Aikman ever love like the idea of a, any quarterback who's not going to run, man? Like, he is all on board with that. He's terrified. That guys like him are going to be out of the league at some point. Could have done with maybe James Robinson getting that goal line carry on fourth down, but hey. I mean, might have helped him. Might have helped him. He doesn't him lose really. yards all that often. Their, but decision, who am I to their say? decision when they were leading 14 nothing to go for it on fourth and goal is certainly one that they regret. can be questioned. You don't have Lamar Jackson. Trevor Lawrence is a pretty good athlete, though. He's certainly there. capable as a runner, but you, you know. I get it. It's not Lamar Jackson. You're up 14 nothing, and you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would just maybe just. You know, I think James Robinson lost yards on like three no, carries I mean, last year. If I'm going to go for it, I think yeah. it certainly would make more sense. It would make a lot more sense. Um, but it's just a bigger football issue that exists that we, we've got to be willing to have the conversation. The Ravens got lucky. They should have probably done the same thing a week ago. 
the difference between getting the ball back with like two minutes to play and your timeouts versus and down five versus being down two with like 30 seconds to play and no timeouts is is quite interesting and if you've got the chance you don't do it like you have to understand circumstances too if you've got the chance if they convert say a third down and they're behind you you got to be able to talk to all your guys and say understand what the circumstances are in this circumstance just let them go score mm-hmm if it's, you know, everything is in, in all of this stuff and the, the era of analytics, we should be able to coach this. It should be something that you have worked on during the course of training camp. Let's talk about late game situations. Let's talk about and then have a phrase that you can use in the huddle. You say, we heard, um, who was the team that when they were running a draw, they said Bob Ross? Oh, God, that was like lat. That was last weekend. Who was it? Who what? What game was it? That I think it was a Monday night game, because I want to say it was Greasy. He's a painter. Pointed out. I understand that, but the point was he was. They they're trying to come up with a call that isn't bloody obvious, yeah. right? But Brian Greasy recognized it immediately. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. It was the Cowboys. Thank you. But he painted and draw. Thank you, know? you, Kyle. I'm very aware of that. Yeah. But you clearly didn't watch the game. Mm-hmm. Because imme- you could hear Dak Prescott screaming out Bob Ross, and immediately Brian Greasy said, well, Bob Ross is an artist. If I had to guess, they're going to a draw. And literally it worked for a touchdown. And so come up with whatever the call is. I don't know what, what let them score would be. Using Kyle's standards, it might be that you yell out middle school. There you go. You just yell out in the huddle, middle school. Sandstorm. If you think about <laughs> sure, why not? And that's the let them score call. But in those situations, there's someone whose job it is to look at the game circumstance, look at whether or not. It's also different, of course, if you have timeouts. The Jaguars had none. If you've got three timeouts remaining, it's a different scenario because you can still stop the clock a couple of times and get the ball back, and you're better off being down three than being down seven, of course, when you get the ball back. But the Jaguars had none, and so the only hope that they had of getting back into the game well, one might be to not waste your timeouts. That would be a recommendation that I would have early on in the game. Or to stop but them from getting over midfield. That would be good, too, but you didn't do those things. Mm-hmm. And so in the circumstances that you were in, the only choice that you had was allow them to score if they're willing to. If they're willing to. Otherwise, you're in the exact same situation that you were in before. It's field goal. Game's over. You get nothing and you like it. That's the way that it goes. But maybe you got some delicious pizza afterwards. You don't have to like that. it. I'm sorry, you have to. That's uh, it's actually in the rules now. You okay. have to, you have to like it, or you get kicked out of the league. I think Urban Meyer no liked his delicious it. pizza that one time. You say that? I, he looked, he looked like a man. Just because he was upset about the football game doesn't mean he didn't enjoy that tasty uh, uh, Papa John's. I wasn't going to give them any. I wasn't going to give them. Well, a plug. he didn't look happy, so it's I was fine going to, to say give him that plug. You that, know? that that tasty um, uh, 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 chain store pizza that he had on the uh, the, the post game. I can't believe that's what. Anyway, anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have that conversation today. It's irrelevant. We'll always love that moment. Today's show is also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. If you missed it this week, you can still find it um, in the videos tab, Facebook.com/slash/pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com, or we posted the audio at glenclarkradio.com in the archives. Our next Tyus Bowser Show is going to be Tuesday, October 19th, down at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. We will see you then. The Tyus Bowser program is brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, and True Strong Services. 
When we come back in, Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka will join us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five i love you more than selfie poses i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to a hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love you more than snowballs but not as much as football play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Um, Before we get to Bo Smolka, quickly, yes, it's it's essentially over. The Orioles are going to have the number two pick in the draft, and I on another day I might do like a ten minute segment about. The, this there, there there was a back and forth about this on Orioles Twitter last night, and I didn't feel the need to get involved because, as I said before, the, those of you that watch every game, I understand why you struggle with kind of accepting what's best. Yes, Jordan. Yes, little Jordan. I was talking to a man on. I went to the game last night. Ah. I was talk, talking to a man on the bus about this. And you're and, talking to a man and, sometimes. And I, I, I brought up the point 
And granted, the Red Sox are still in contention, but would you rather contribute to a division rival not making mm-hmm. the playoffs, or would you rather get the number one pick that's not by any measure guaranteed to you're, pan out? You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Look, I, it's it, and I mean this with all due respect. Um, if you're watching the games anyway, if if this is how you spend your time, I understand why. Well, I, if I'm going to watch, I want to see something pleasant. It's it, it, everybody wants instant gratification. I completely get that, and it's why I don't want to fight with people about this. I don't have that interest because I. That's not a very good fighter. Oh, I'm actually a tremendous fighter. I've been studying Muay Thai for hundreds of years. Um, I get it. I get why you want that. But is there tangible benefit to it? No, none. There's no tangible benefit to it. And even all of this thing, we keep saying, well, you don't know who they're going to draft at number one anyway, and you don't know if that player is going to work out. You know, here's what I know immediately. I immediately know that you've got more money in your bonus pool when you have the number one pick than anybody else does. No matter what else goes on, you've got the more money in your bonus pool. There is a tangible benefit that comes from it. So, no. I, I, it does nothing for me that the Orioles took two out of three from the Red Sox. Part of it is I checked out on watching the games every night a long time ago because the Orioles are very bad. But I get it. If you're still watching the games every night, you want that instant gratification. It's the way we work as a society. We want our dessert, and we want it immediately. We don't want to have to eat our dinner before we get it. I understand. I'm not even, I'm really not default or, or blaming you for it. It's just the way things work. We want gratification and we want it now. Is it fleeting? Hell yes, it's fleeting. What does it mean today that the Orioles beat the Red Sox last night? Nothing. Zero. In no ways does it benefit you. But you were watching, so you wanted him to win. I get it. I do get it. I need you to know. I understand. Ravens Broncos coming up on Sunday. Let's chat with Press Box Ravens beat writer. He is Bo Smolkin. He's back with us here on GCR. Bo, what's going on, sir? How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Everything is well. Uh, obviously, the first good news for the Ravens is everybody's back from the COVID list. After, um, I, I think that that kind of got lost in the shuffle from Sunday because everybody wanted to talk about the kick, understandably so, Bo. But like the story of what happened in that football game seemed to have a lot to do with just how depleted they were. Oh, there's no question about it. Um, I mean, they, they were missing, what, three, three starters, quasi-starters, depending on how you want to call them. You know, starters is kind of a variable term. But their defensive front seven was fairly well gutted, and they had to lean on a guy like Calais Campbell to play a lot, a guy like Justin Ellis to play a lot. Um, they, they, they did a great job. That front seven did a terrific job. They held up, you know, I think they got tired late in the game, which is to be expected the way they, they were out there as much as they were. But it was a noble effort from them. Um, and so I give them a lot of credit. I thought Calais Campbell had a terrific game. And, and Don Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, um, he called it a heroic effort from Campbell. Um, but I, I, it was they needed that from them because, as I said, I mean, they had to call up, um, you know, practice squad defensive linemen to play some number of snaps it's not at all what they expected to do but but this is what happens and it could happen again I've, I, as i wrote on after the game i mean <clears throat> COVID is not done with the ravens and it's not done with the league and uh this kind of thing could happen again if the assumption is and again they're not going to tell us whether these people tested positive but we can figure right. it out that these were unvaccinated players who were close contacts to a player who had tested positive 
and therefore they had to sit out for five days. Uh, they had to self-isolate for five days, and they're still getting daily tested and so forth. But that's not to say it could happen again, and they'd be close contacts again uh, if someone tests positive. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a situation they, that they can't – that they had to expect to happen at some point. And at this point, they just have a hope it doesn't happen again. No question. No question, but unfortunately, as you point out, it probably will. It's just the nature of where we are as a society. So in terms of, of who's not back, I guess it looks more and more as though they're not going to have the Sean Elliott on Sunday. That seems to be the case. I mean, <clears throat> you know, he came back from the concussion, then he left with the, what they described as a quad injury, and he hasn't practiced this week. It doesn't look like he will be there. Uh, of course, everyone's asking about Lamar Jackson. He, you know, he missed the first two practices this week with, with a back injury. He had spoken at the podium Wednesday, and he was relaxed. He was comfortable. It didn't appear there was any issue. And in general, in general, they don't have injured players speak at the podium. Yep. So it was surprising to not see him practice Wednesday because the practices come after the podium sessions. <clears throat> and then yesterday, the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, said he's dealing with this back flare-up. And then he didn't practice yesterday either. So, of course, that raised a lot of alarms. Um, they both Roman had downplayed it, and and honestly, the coordinators generally don't address injuries either. They usually leave that to Harbaugh to say. Roman happened to offer that he was dealing a back flare up. I expect we'll see him today, and I expect he'll play. But Elliot, um, I don't think so. The other thing that, that bears watching is yesterday Anthony Averett was listed as being a limited participant in practice with, I believe, an ankle injury. Now I had spoken to Averett just before practice as well uh, for a story I'm doing for press box next month on Anthony Averett. Um, and so if he, I, I don't know the extent to an injury to Averett. I haven't heard yet, but if obviously that becomes a situation, no, no question. If he's right. also out. So um, the, the, you know, that, that also bears a lot of watching today. Um, both. We, we see that this week uh, the Ravens get both miles Boykin and Rashad Bateman back on the practice field. I think, there's there's no like scenario in which there's we're envisioning them being there on Sunday, but you can tell me if I'm wrong about that. I guess the real question, particularly for Bateman, is what is a reasonable time frame from whenever they activate him? Whenever they got three weeks to do it, but at the point at which they activate him, what what can be a reasonable expectation for a rookie wide receiver who didn't get that time in the preseason to gel with his quarterback for when? What, you could really expect him to make some sort of impact. Uh, well, I'm I'm kind of tar I'm kind of pointing it after the bye week. Um, they've got you know, as you said, bringing these guys off the IR. Technically, they've practiced, so a 21 day clock starts, and in after these 21 days, they have to either be added to the 53 man roster or left on IR for the remainder of the year. Those are the two choices. <clears throat> So if you've got 21 days to practice before you come back, in theory, uh, let's say Bateman were to use all three of those weeks and not and practice without joining the 53, he would technically have to come back on the 53-man roster for the Bengals game on October the 24th, and then there's a bye week, and then you get into the second half of the season. So I would think they would ramp him up and look to have him kind of full go by after the bye week. That's my thinking. As for Boykin, I think there's a chance we'll see him this weekend. Okay. Um, he's farther along than Bateman, I think, and his, he, he was out longer. He's been out since, I think, the second or third day of practice. But 
but we've seen him a lot on the practice field doing um, some conditioning work over the in the open portion of practices for the past several weeks. Um, so I think he's closer, and it wouldn't surprise me. It'll surprise me if, if Bateman is promoted this week, but it really wouldn't surprise me if Boykin is. All right, that's interesting, and obviously, you know, somebody people would roll their eyes. Oh, good, Miles Boykin. Well, I think a lot of people forget how much they value Miles Boykin as a blocker in particular, and how much that could help them. And hopefully, he's got more to offer as a pass catcher moving forward. Uh, Bo was mentioning that he's uh, got that story about Anthony Averett coming for press box. Of course, if you haven't read Bo's uh, cover story about Marlon Humphrey, go pick up your print issue of press box right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town. Where you find PressBox or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Bo Smolka is with us here on GCR. Um, Bo, obviously with uh, Justin Tucker having connected on a 66-yarder, people start getting carried away. And one of the storylines this week is like, well, hey, they're going to Denver. What sort of crazy thing might they try out there? And I, the first appropriate answer is, well, who knows what the game circumstances will be, right? Like, who knows if they'll have the ball at the end of the first half with a chance just because let's play along and have fun. What do you think the Ravens would be willing to try as far as Justin Tucker is concerned kicking in Denver on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Tucker is so confident. He'll, he'll go out there and tell him he wants to kick from anywhere. Yeah, 70 yards, sure, let's try it. Um, you know, I don't know. I think he'll kick before the game. It'll get a sense of how far he's able to kick it. Um, you know, at the end of the half, would they try a 70-yarder? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, again, the, 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 you have to caution yourself because as we saw with the other game, with the uh, Jacksonville game, you know, that ball, if it ends up short, it suddenly it's a return, and you don't exactly have your ideal kick cover unit on the field on that return, so it can be problematic. You know Tucker thinks he can make it, um, but, you know, I, are they going to try a 70-yard field goal? No, I don't think they're going to try a 70-yard field goal. At the end of the half, if they have a look at it, you know, I, I personally still don't think they will, but I, you never know. I think it's crazy. In fairness, I thought it was crazy they lined up for a 66-yard field goal. So, you know, maybe I'm not the guy. It worked out for them. I think it's nuts. I think we're absolutely we – are, we are losing our mind in terms of whether or not we're being reasonable about – I think we're losing context for how ridiculous it is that they, he made the 66-yarder by the skin of his teeth the other day. I just think that we are losing our minds about what's reasonable from a kicker because of one kick that occurred. I, I mean, he is the best. And not disagreeing like with that. He, was, he had been short from 65. He said he was short from 65 in warm-up, kicking to both ends. And, and so you would think that would kind of be in their mind that that was the outer limit. Um, and I asked the special teams coordinator, Chris Horton, yesterday, I said, did, did you know that he was short from 65? And does, that, that obviously didn't affect your decision to try from 66. And he said, we just, in the moment, you go with what you think is the best chance for you to win, right? right? And right. so you've got three seconds left. What's the best chance for you to win? Is a Hail Mary or a, one of these goofy, you know, hook and ladder kind of plays? Does that give you a better chance to win than Tucker making one from 66? Probably not. Tucker from 66 is probably a better chance. Um, if he comes up short by two yards, there are people howling that, why did you even bother trying that? That had no chance. I think with Tucker from 66, you can't say it has no chance, right? I mean, you, obviously you can't say it. So I, I, it, didn't, it didn't strike me as crazy that they lined up for it. To be honest with you, at the moment, I was shocked they didn't get a delay of a game call to play oh, right, before that. Course, which, yes. I mean, I, I, still, I, I still am shocked about that. But when he trotted out to try it, it didn't, it didn't surprise me. 
Le'Veon Bell's Twitter account is is getting people quite worked up in town this week because he tweets out things that, like, you know, make you think something's happening. Or, like, first he tweets out something that makes you think he's pissed off, and then he tweets out something that makes you think he's being added to the active roster. And then on the broadcast, they're talking about how high John Harbaugh is on Le'Veon Bell, but yet he's still... What, what do you make of the fact that here we are a few weeks later and they've still really done nothing in terms of Le'Veon Bell at this point? Well, again, they, when they brought him in, he hadn't been in training camp anywhere all year. So now he's been maybe three weeks of, of, full, of full, I would even say full football practice mode because they've had maybe two practices with pads on the whole time. So, I mean, I think for them, it was just a matter of getting him in football shape and again. Keep in mind, I mean, the Le'Veon Bell from last year was not the Le'Veon Bell from five years ago. So I don't know. We still don't really know what he would present. I mean, I know people think he's going to walk in as the 2014 or 2015 Le'Veon Bell or whatever. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen. I do think they're still obviously trying to figure out what they have with these running backs. And, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, well, Tyson Williams is the number one back. Why does he get more touches? Which I had been saying as well. Um, and Greg Roman made it sound like yesterday there were just maybe there were some things that you don't really see that were I don't know I got the sense maybe they weren't happy with the way Williams had whether missed a hole or missed an assignment or did something that <coughs> led them to believe they're gonna they're going to you know try more of Murray or try more of Freeman but you know those guys don't really show a lot of burst and. I just, you know, they're still trying to figure out this running game. And in fairness to them, they lost three guys in a matter of 12 sure. days right before the season. So, uh, you know, that's to be expected. They brought Nate McCreary back to the practice squad, which was an interesting move as well. Um, you know, another young developmental running back. He was basically the fifth stringer this summer and then got cut and claimed by the Broncos, actually. Um, but then they let, released him and now he's back here, too. Well, Le'Veon Bell, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think they're still trying to sort out the running back situation. Personally, if I'm Le'Veon Bell, yeah, I'm probably thinking, you know what, I've been here for a month. I'm getting impatient. I want to play. Um, I, I don't know if they'll make a move with him yet or if he's just there to, you know, they're still working through these other three, and if then they may make a change and, and, and elevate him. But, um, again, if you're elevating him, are you going to send down one of the other guys off the roster? And so – I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm still skeptical about what Bell can contribute at this point, but I, you know, I can understand he's a competitor and he wants to play and he signed here thinking he had a chance to play and it hasn't happened yet. So um, I, I saw a little bit of those messages from him and they are a little mixed messages and people are excited to see him because they think they want the potential. Um, but again, I would caution it's he, he's he, last year at least, he was not the same player he was five years ago, and we don't know which player they're getting. And, Bo, I'm, I'm largely with you in there. I, the, the only thought to me is you're clearly not committed to any of the other guys, right? <laughs> like, you are just clearly um, – you, you've kind of made it so that you don't you – know, and, and for good reason, for the most part, you don't seem to think that these guys are, are true backs. So there is I, – I am starting to line up with that, well, hell, let's just at least see, right? Like, at least let's get an answer. And then we can move on from that at that point if, if it's not Le'Veon Bell. I'm starting to get into that territory when it comes to how they're handling things. Yeah, and that's totally, that's totally reasonable. They may choose to do it that way. Um, you know, another complication here again with, with Lamar Jackson practicing, not practicing twice this week, is that's two more times you're not working these backs on. If you're going to do him in this game, and if you're going to run specific plays in this game, 
you're not, you know, he's not there to practice those plays with him this week. That's a great point. No, it's a very good point is that, that, you know, we talked about that at the beginning with the mesh point and with all the various things you do that aren't the same in every offense. You're missing a couple of days this week to work on that with Lamar Jackson because he's not on the field. All right, Bo, anything else we need to know before Sunday? Uh, like I said, well, you know, all eyes will be on this practice today and the injury report and who's, you know, like I said, I think Anthony Averton injury that bears watching um, because suddenly you're even thinner in the secondary if this ankle injury that he had yesterday, he, he's described as limited. And so um, that's really another one to watch. I mean, everyone's eyes going to be on Jackson, but I think, you know, the Averett thing, suddenly he becomes a pretty important no question. name on that injury report. No question. So we'll see what that looks like. And, of course, you know, they're – looking to see Marquise Brown speaking after practice today. And um, mm. I think there's frustration with him among fans. And, you know, certainly the players are going to come to his defense. Those were bad drops he had the other day. There's nope. no debating no it. Yep. And, and it, you know, I know the Ravens are trying to build him up. Let's face it, he had bad drops in that Cleveland game. That was just seven or eight games ago. So this is a thing he has to work through. Um But I think they're going to try to involve him quickly to get his confidence back up. And so he's a – He's a big part of this. They have to get away from that. So it will be interesting to see how how he works into the game plan for Sunday as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about that with the Hall of Famer James Lofton here in a minute, a uh, guy who knows a thing or two about catching some balls in the NFL. Uh, Bo Smolka at, on Twitter, at Smolka. That's how you follow him. Bo, always appreciate it, sir. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Friday, all right? All right, thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, checking in with us as he does every Friday here on GCR. Of course, Project Game Day. We'll return this Sunday, Baltimore-Denver. I'll be with you at halftime. It'll be myself and Ken Zalis post-game. Hope that you will join us, facebook.com slash pressboxsports for both shows, pressboxonline.com slash radio for the post-game show. Project Game Day is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. We do it every game day during the course of the season. As I mentioned, James Lofton, he's going to join us next. We'll chat with the Hall of Famer before he calls Ravens Broncos Sunday for CBS. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox. Great Eights memorabilia and true strong services. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes, but the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866 90Nation today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. 
Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. And you never know, it might be Jeremy Kahn who comes out to fix your roof. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. We had to do this a little bit earlier on today because of his schedule traveling to get to Denver for the game on Sunday. Always a thrill to catch up with the Hall of Famer James Lofton here on GCR. Well, it's always an honor to be joined by our next guest. He, of course, is getting ready for the call. Ravens-Broncos Sunday on CBS. He is the Hall of Famer, the great James Lofton, with us now here on GCR. James, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Well, like you said, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday and uh, want to see what the Ravens have to put out there now. James, you know, it's been a, a kind of a weird three weeks for the Ravens, right? Like, they, they lose in this sort of strange way against the Raiders. They get this unbelievable victory uh, against the Chiefs and then this bizarre <laughs> way that the game ended against the Lions with Justin Tucker's historic field goal. What, if anything, do you think you have figured out so far about this Baltimore Ravens team? that Lamar Jackson can produce the unbelievable at times. Now that's for and, sure. Um, once, you, once you digest that, the rest of the team just flows around him right now. So do you think, what do you, the, the fact that the Ravens were not really committed to Lamar Jackson as a runner a week against the Lions, and instead what we got was, and, and, and unfortunately the, the balls weren't all caught by the wide receivers, but we seem to get maybe one of his best performances as a passer, some of the best throws we've ever seen Lamar Jackson make. Do you get the sense that they are trying to do more with Lamar as a passer purposefully on this young season? Well, I, I just think he's grown as a passer. I remember being there in 2018, early in the season, and Joe Flacco was the starter, but you had a, a Lamar Jackson period where he came in for about 10 plays, and I watched him run, I watched him throw, and I just said, oh, my goodness. You know, I hadn't seen anybody. I take that back. I had seen players like him, but I hadn't seen anybody that good hmm. doing what he did, running and passing the football. Hmm. You knew then. You had this idea of where he was going, and obviously he's, uh, you know, MVP and 
uh, all of the incredible things he's done since then. We're talking with James Lofton. James, how concerned would you be about, you know, I brought up the drops. Marquise Brown had a very difficult day against the Lions. He had been playing incredibly well in the first couple games and and going back to the second half of last season. How concerned would you be about that? Would you you want, as a wide receiver, your quarterback to try to go to you a few times early in the next game to be able to move on from a performance like that? You know, I live out in uh, California, in San Diego, and they always have a professional golf tournament over at Torrey Pines. And I happened to be over there, and I'm a, you know, I'm a golfer, but I'm not real good at it. And so I asked one of the professionals, and he knew I was, had been a professional football player, and I said, what do you think about when you're getting ready to hit the ball? And he said, what do you think about when you're trying to catch the ball? And I said, nothing. And he said, the same thing for us. You hmm. do it so many times that you don't think about it. And what I saw from Marquise Brown is that, kind of after the first ball in the end zone that, that got nicked away a little bit and right. went off his hands, he started to think about how to catch the ball because each time he was trying to maneuver his body a little bit on the deep one and then on the one where Lamar scrambled out to the left, he was trying to maneuver his body before the ball got to him. So he was thinking about how to catch it as opposed to just going out and making the play, which he's done over and over and over and over again. Is that easy to just shut off, or do you, do you as a receiver, do you continue to think about that during the course of the week this week, and, and does it linger with you beyond the game? It, it can, um, you know, because people are now asking you about it, and people are watching to make sure that you, you make those plays in practice, that you make those plays in the individual period. So it, it's something that's important, because think about playing wide receiver. What's your job? Is your job to open holes for the running back? Is your job to go down and tackle uh, on kickoff returns? Your job is to catch the football, period. Mm-hmm. And, and look, that's it, right? Like No matter what you do, if you don't catch the football, it doesn't matter that you beat the defender and you were standing 10 yards wide open. Exactly. You've got to catch the ball. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, could I go back to one? And I do want to talk about the Broncos with you for a second, James, but if I could go back to one. I mentioned they got away from Lamar running the ball. There's a lot of people that have opinions that Lamar shouldn't run the ball as much. It, it is kind of strange to me for, for as capable as he is as a passer, and I, I believe he's a very capable passer. He's one of one when he's running the football, right? Like, right. you know, there's no one that does it like he does. Is it strange to you that the Ravens would ever get away from those types of, of options? Not the not – the, the, um, you know, the RPOs, but the, or not the read option plays, but the true RPOs, the run pass options, where, where you have that idea of Lamar getting to the outside, getting to the corner. I know people talk about the threat of him getting hurt, but geez, he does such a good job at avoiding those big hits. And on top of that, the data says you're not really at more of a risk of getting hurt as a running quarterback. Does it, does it surprise or alarm you when they have games or they just kind of get away from that? It really doesn't, because if you're a defensive coordinator, what do you want to stop on the Baltimore Ravens? You want to stop Lamar Jackson and big run plays. So you're going to play an umbrella coverage. Don't let anybody get deep, primarily the wide receivers, and give up those short to intermediate throws. That's what you want the Ravens to do, because Lamar Jackson, once he runs and once he breaks containment, is is maybe – maybe the most dangerous runner in the NFL. I mean, he might be one of the most dangerous runners in football history, right? Correct, yeah. <laughs> like, and so I get it. It's, it seems easier said than done, obviously, taking it away, considering his skill set, James. 
Um, yeah, football is a, an easy game to say what should be done, but those things that are easily said right. are difficult to do once you're on the field. And the flip side of this game on Sunday, of course, James Lofton's going to be on the call for Ravens-Broncos on CBS with Andrew Catalan. Um, we have a Broncos team that's 3-0, and and we're trying to figure out in Baltimore, and in talking to folks in Denver this week, they're still trying to figure it out, too. Are they on their way to being a really good football team versus are they a team that was really fortunate to get to face the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars in their first three weeks of the season? In, in looking at them, do you have more of a sense as to which side of the equation the Broncos are really on? Uh, once uh, I'm going to go back to my golf analogy. Don't ask me how, just ask me how many. So when you, you finish a hole, you know, what'd you score? And so for the Denver Broncos, it's really about did we win the game? Mm-hmm. For every team in the league, did we win the game? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are sitting there at 0-3. And, and, you know, they played, three, they played pretty well in three ball games, but they're 0-3. I would much rather be in the position that Vic Fangio has his Denver Broncos. They're confident. They're building confidence, and Teddy Bridgewater's come in 76.8% completion percentage, 76.8%. When I was in school, if I got a 76 on a test, I was happy about it. Right, right. That's about as well as you can score if you're throwing the football around. I don't know if you could go out and just throw the ball against air and complete almost 70% of your passes. So he's been able to do that in three ball games so far, and that that's been maybe the most impressive thing about this team. And he's done it against some pretty good defenses, and people have come after him, and he's had to scramble out of the pocket and find open receivers. I mean, I I think somebody would say, right, what what kind of throw is he making? You know, is has he really been asked to do a lot downfield or in pressure situations? But you know, I, I'm I'm going to guess your response would be something like, he's making the throws he's making, and he's making them well. Oh. Yeah, he and he, he has not thrown an interception. Uh, he scrambled and he's picked up some some yards rushing, and he's done, you know, his best Lamar Jackson impress, impression. And he's taken some big hits. And I I know that the people in Denver, after watching for three games, are saying, "Be careful, because you look like you're somebody who can take us a place." Hmm. Uh, when he was in uh, Carolina a year ago, Matt Rule said this about him. He's a quarterback that we could go to the Super Bowl with. Now, they decide to go in a different direction. But when you make a statement that strong about a player, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who was a first-round pick years ago who's played in a Pro Bowl as a quarterback. So let's not discount him because he's a guy who got injured and had to work his way back. I understand what you're saying, and and look, he's won a lot of football games. There's no question about that. When he's been on the field, he has won a lot of football games during the course of his career. Um, but you, I, I, do you think that the assumption is they're going to continue to try to be defense and run the ball first, and like that's the brand of football they're going to want to play as they get into these games against you know tougher teams like the Ravens? I think that Vic Fangio is really about let's minimize our – um, exposure to losing the game. Mm-hmm. And so you don't all of a sudden just go away from what you've been successful for in the first three weeks. They played great on defense, and on offense, they've been very efficient. They've run the ball. They've had you know one big run by Melvin Gordon, which was 70 yards. 
but they've been able to run the ball effectively and get in a manageable third down situation. Now, they haven't been great in converting third downs, but when they've been in manageable third down situations, they've, they've converted those, and they've also been five out of five on fourth down conversions. That's not. That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's pretty yeah. impressive. Um, yeah, obviously the Ravens are going to have to do something about that come Sunday. Just another minute or two here with James Lofton, the Hall of Famer. James, if I could come back to Baltimore for a second, we're not expecting to see him on Sunday, but the Ravens got Rashad Bateman back out at practice this week, their first-round pick uh, out of Minnesota. He is uh, certainly a talented young man, but reasonably, how long do you think it might take for someone who didn't get to have training camp, preseason, you know, time to mesh with a, wide, or with a quarterback? How long do you think it might take even a talented receiver once he gets back on the football field to be in a place where he could be highly productive? I think what you'd like to do is to get him back and expose him to maybe 20 plays per game so that every time he's on the field, he's fresh, he's given an all-out effort. One of the things that I, I think that, or I believe that you do with young players, is you spot play them so that they learn to play with all the energy that they have as opposed to being out on the field for 70 plays and taking breaks. Okay. Because you don't want a guy to get in the habit of taking breaks. You want them to be able to play all out. And anytime you have young players, they were so good in college that they were better than the guys they were playing against. Now that competition is at the same level, so spot play them a little bit early and let them earn their stripes so until they get more and more playing time. Mm. I mean, it's an interesting thought, right? And I think it would frustrate some Ravens fans because of how much they expect, but I think what you're talking about is, is that's the best and fairest way to try to get someone ready. Um, and, James, before I let you go, I have to ask, as a Hall of Famer yourself, uh, and a Hall of Fame voter too, correct? Yep. Uh, we got somebody here in Baltimore that, um, that he's pretty good at kicking the football. <laughs> When you look at Justin Tucker, do you start to think to yourself, that guy's going to join us in Canton at some point? Well, kicking has become an art form, and the, the kickers are so proficient now. To be the best of the best lot ever um, you know, makes, makes it an easy choice. I could, I could very well see him not only being a Hall of Famer, but a Hall of Famer. Wow. Whoa. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen that before, correct? <laughs> no, no, we haven't. You know, Morton Anderson, um, you know, it took him some time. Jan Stenerud was a, a great kicker who made about 70% of his field goals. But, but now, when you, when you watch these guys and you watch them perform, it's, it's like uh, being at a, a fine symphony concert. Justin Tucker, a first ballot Hall of Fame kicker, that would be uh, remarkable. But it's hard to—it would be well earned. Yeah, I was going to. It's hard to argue against it because, my God, he is just absolutely unbelievable. All right, Sunday afternoon on CBS, James Lofton alongside Andrew Catalan for the Ravens and Broncos. Uh, James, I know it's on Twitter at Lofton80. Is there anything else that we can plug for you, sir? Uh, that's that's about it. Just turn your TV on and enjoy it. Well, you know everybody in this town will be watching on Sunday afternoon. James, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks for having me. James Lofton, the Hall of Famer, of course, he'll be calling Ravens-Broncos on Sunday for CBS. Says Justin Tucker should be a first-ballot Hall of Famer. It's been very difficult for kickers when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Seems almost impossible, but... 
you know, obviously we'll have to see when it is he does ultimately retire. I believe Venetieri is up in 2025, so that could be a good... If Venetieri gets in on the first ballot, it would bode quite well for Justin Tucker eventually being a guy that would be able to get in on the first ballot. If he doesn't, it's not a guarantee. That means that Justin Tucker can't, but we will see. All right, we're winding down our number one of today's show. It has also been brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed Stan and Gary Stein chatting with Wizards GM Tommy Shepard the other night, you can find it right now at pressboxonline.com slash video, or you can go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports and click on the videos tab. Stan's shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Also, if you have not yet seen the video of my jump, my uh, my skydive with the U.S. Army Golden Knights parachute team. You can find that as well at pressboxonline.com slash video right now. We'll come back in. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do some young utes. Uh, that'll be next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show. 
every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox, Grade 8's memorabilia, and True Strong Services. Is Why are you an Islanders fan, Will Jordan? Why is that a thing? Explain, explain that one to me. Yes. So I started getting into hockey about two years ago. Uh, okay. And, and so two, three years ago, and I believe that's when the Capitals were in their Stanley Cup hunt. And so... Okay. And my thing. So was, obviously, the logical well, choice well, would be to go root for the New well, York Islanders. Well, the thi- the thing was, it was if I if I don't know anything about hockey and the s- Capitals are doing well, I'm not just gonna go jump on a bandwagon. Well, I, again, sort of. Thing. I'm fine with that. You're still not yes, explaining yes, why yes, the New yes. York Islanders. So so my dad is from New York. So he when he was used to be big in hockey. And he used to be an Islander fan. So I went to him, and I was like, who used to root for? He was like the Islander. So I was like, all right, screw okay, it. Okay, so that's going to yeah. be your squad then. All right. Yeah. I mean, but he doesn't enough. still root for them. So he, he, I got him back okay. in a hockey game. All right, all right. Fair so. enough. There's a lot of weird here. There's a lot of weird, man. I don't know how I feel about any of it. That that deep two-year relationship you have with a team that you never associated before when your dad cared about it but suddenly decided – it means a whole great deal. Look, I, I understand coming into something. I was I was 23 when I became a Coyotes and a Suns fan, but that's because I moved to Phoenix and didn't have a team growing up and then was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, being around the game every day made me enjoy it a great deal. You just sort of said, ah, I have a semi-loose association with this, so it's my thing now it's a little bit different and it's weird it's weird but that's what it is all right we're in hour number two of the program um uh, today's show is also brought to you by who who is this one brought to you by this one's brought to you by underdog fantasy football well right now you you download the app or you go to underdogfantasy.com you deposit 10 bucks you use the code pressbox and we're matching your $10 with $10 free for you to play with. If you deposit more than 10 that's fine we'll still match that uh well not we're not going to match it. If you deposit 100 we can't give you 100. We're giving you 10 no matter what. 10 bucks free to play with if you deposit $10 or more. That's the way that it works. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app use the code pressbox when you sign up. Deposit 10 bucks or more we're giving you 10 bucks free with which to play. Uh, hopefully you'll do a little bit better than Kyle has done so far. Yep, yep, yep. I literally have only played once. I, do, I, like, I forgot about it, and then I was like, oh, right, I should try to win something. And then Even I if just, you lose, it's still fun. It makes the game yes, interesting. Yes, it gives you, know? you more inch. That's the concept. That's the reason why we're all bitter about sports betting being approved but not put into play in time. And this is not like other fantasy football games. This is not like all those other companies that have spent so much money advertising over the years. This does have 
weekly and daily fantasy contests, but it also has prop bets and um, a lot of other things that make you feel more like you're betting, parlay concepts, things that are much more similar to actual betting than they are just picking players and playing daily fantasy games, which, again, is still available if that's what you're into. They just have all sorts of different games for you to play, and it's not just football. they got basketball. they got baseball. they got all sorts of stuff at Underdog Fantasy Football. Again, underdogfantasy.com. It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes with Lil Jordan. Brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling. Sale is now underway. Leaves are changing. Temps are changing. It's time for you to have some change in your life. Like maybe some new windows. Get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. It goes on forever. Plus pay nothing. Nothing. You get nothing. And you like it. You, you lose. pay nothing. No, that's not you the way. Win. No, you win. Exactly right. You, you did pay not nothing. Steal a fizzy lifting drink. No, why would you do that? Well, actually, if I had the opportunity, I probably would. You pay nothing and you'll like it. That's the way that it works for two full years. 866-90Nation or windownation.com in order to find out more. All right, little Jordan, what you got for us? Glendale, Arizona. I'm very familiar. That's where the, uh, well, for where now. I was arrested. No, it was not, actually. I can tell you where I was. Ar- no, I can't. It was it was far east of, it was even further east than, uh, like, uh, Apache Junction, I think. It was about as east that as you could possibly. That means nothing to us. Maybe Intersect. It's the East Valley. <laughs> Glendale's in the West Valley. I uh, was in the East Valley. I was I'm far more beyond. of a Central Valley man you know, actually, myself. I think I started the night in Chandler, and I don't remember exactly where I ended up from there. Glendale is where uh, the Cardinals play. That's where uh, the uh, State Farm Stadium is, and it's where the Coyotes play for now. But they're being kicked out of Glendale, Arizona, and they're going to have to find a temporary home until their new Dehabitation, if you will? Something like that, yes. They're yeah. kicking all the Coyotes <laughs> out. They're just going in, and they're saying, Out! You, what, do you think you're allowed to live in a desert? No! To the rainforest with ye. That's the way that it works. Go ahead. Glendale, Arizona is also home to a man that was freed after getting stuck in a storm drain for multiple days. James Franco starred in that movie, didn't he? (laughs) Didn't get as much attention as, say, baby Jessica in the well, by the way. (laughs) He, He apparently wandered into this storm drain. He's in his 30s. And a passerby noticed a waving arm coming from the storm drain, Shoot. stopped to see if he was okay, and then called 911 Wasn't for help. Wasn't that also how it started? Uh, yes, exactly <laughs> the same way. Exactly the same way. Um, is he, I mean, is everything, and everything's fine? He's okay? He's, yeah. So he, he didn't have to cut off an arm? So affected he, mentally. Yeah, he, I don't think it was. He was freed and taken to the hospital, but it is currently unclear as to why he went into the storm drain and I also don't like. I would like the answer to that question that too. He seems to be a slender man. That holy hell! Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, eh, that guy's on drugs. Let's just let's or just call was. it like I it think is. He yeah, probably well, right, wore right. off after a little while. By the way, you get stuck somewhere, and somebody's like, "We're gonna take you to the hospital." All I'm thinking is like, "Take me to In and Out, bro." <laughs> like, take. What do you mean we're taking me to the hospital? Take me somewhere where I can get a cheeseburger, please, immediately. Like, what are or you? Or more doing? drugs? Yeah, that might have been his first <laughs> request was more drugs. Me, I would be looking. 
Uh, this is true. I, I've talked before about the fact that yes, I did. Uh, I did get a DUI when I was in Arizona at the age of 23. Not in Glendale. Uh, I was not in Glendale. I was uh, in the East Valley. I learned a great deal from it, and uh, I, I'm grateful for the fact that I was pulled over that night because I could have truly hurt someone, and I paid the quite a price. In Arizona, the first time you get a DUI, you have to serve 10 days in jail. That's the way that it works. Arizona met his wife. is the toughest. No, it's not, but <laughs> I met a lot of nice people. I met a lot of really nice people. Um, when I got out, my buddy came to pick me up on, on the 4th of July, by the way. Uh, which is, I got to tell you, a real pleasant time to be in a tent in the middle of the desert in Arizona. Springsteen was playing a concert that day at the jail. No, no, he didn't didn't make it. Really weird, really weird. Uh, I get out and he's like, uh, he's like, what do you want to do? And I demanded. I said, you're going to drive me to In and Out right now. And this was a time in my life where I didn't eat red meat. I was like, we are going to get a double double. We're going to get an animal style. We're going to get fries. We're going to get those animal style. Also, your nickname style. in prison, wasn't it? Correct, animal style. You nailed, you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of nailed it. Um, and I said, and we're going to get another double-double for me to enjoy after I finish the first double-double because I didn't eat anything while I Those was Those are tasty burgers. They are quite tasty burgers. There's no question about that. Number two. A Texas teen walks free after running over six cyclists. Jesus. It's not that funny. No, it's no. not cheeky at all. It's, it's it's not cheeky. I just found it. How how does that happen? We we kind of like to be a little bit more lighthearted how, here. How 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 does that? He's a sixteen year old. First of all, so how's he driving? How oh, how sixteen's old enough to you drive? Can get yeah. your driver's yeah, license you? at sixteen. Yeah, it's like fifteen and ten months, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's when you can get your permit. That's what I thought. Yeah, you sixteen can get, so get your license. It, it was just very not, interesting. You, you can't get your your license on your sixteenth birthday anymore which is what we did when we were kids. We got our license on our 16th birthday. Except not me. I got screwed by a hurricane. True story. Uh, I was supposed to get my license on my was birthday. Was that in prison also? Yes. <laughs> it was, but he was really nice. He was really... I uh, still write letters to Hurricane. Uh, no, I... Uh, my 16th birthday, I was a student at the Perry Hall uh, driving whatever it is, which was made famous, of course, in Borat, uh, where he stopped oh, at the Perry yeah. Hall Driving School. That, uh, that was our driving instructor. That was part of uh, the original Borat film. And so um, I was to get my license on September 6th, my birthday, which is just in time because homecoming was on September 10th. And then before the last scheduled class, a hurricane came through in whatever year this would have been, 1999, and it uh, prevented me from taking the final class that I needed to take in order to get my license. And I was like, so we're going to make the class up like tomorrow, right? And they were like, no, you're going to have to come back during the next session to take the final class. And there was a revolt. Like the, the Perry Hall Driving School. This is, uh, the Karens were out in full force uh, related to this decision. And so they reversed course, but I didn't get it in time for my birthday or for homecoming. And I had to have my, uh, my buddy drive to homecoming. And just not quite the same when sure, you're, you sure. know what I mean? Like yeah, he was, only he only had it was Bentley awkward. It was, it was awkward right, because yeah. he was watching what was happening in the back seat, and you're like, dude, could you? I, you're here to drive. Come on, man. What are you doing? I, I don't really want to talk about this yeah, story. Yeah. It's not. No, it's quite un, it's quite unpleasant, Jordan. I'm sorry. I I feel terrible for all parties involved. Oh, yes. Hope they're okay. And yes. yeah, no question about it. Just an awful, awful story. Yes. Try to try to keep it on the cheeky, yes. lighthearted side yes. moving forward. If they're going to be injuries, make sure it's just the individual's fault and they're right. Not, yeah, they injured they injured themselves. Yeah. Yes. Right, and like we can laugh at it because they're an idiot. Something yes. along those lines. Well, then I guess this one counts. Oh, God. (laughs) You've got a dark turn for young Utes, bro. (laughs) An American Airlines passenger opened the emergency exit 
jumped onto the wing of a plane in in Miami, and before did, they had taken off, and yeah, before okay. they had, oh, this was not Jesus in the sky. This was not Christ. in the sky. Yes, but he refused to get off, and obviously he was arrested and yeah. had to go to a hospital. I was under the impression that when you but, open the door. Everything flies out based on movies. Now, is that not no, accurate? No, they had, they had this, taken yeah, off. this was on the tarmac. Oh, they had taken off. Better yeah, timing. So. Yeah, what, so. way better timing. Yeah. No question <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, you open a door while they're, the, the air Correct, pressure's right. going to, you know what I mean? But like, the seatbelts hopefully work. Uh, y- hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. hopefully they work, but you have to immediately land because the, the, the cabin, the, the pressure is going to... Your ears like, are going to pop a little. It's not just that. <laughs> it ain't just going to be the ears popping. That's why, it's I, chew, that's why I chew gum. Right. I understand. Yeah. That's not going to solve the problem if well, you continue to, have you experienced to fly this in a depressurized cabin. You don't know that for sure. Um, uh, did, did they find out what was the story with this uh, particular gentleman? They did not. I got to be honest with you, man. If you did that, so like, were they able to get the guy off the wing and then fly the plane anyway? I don't think it says, uh, do, do, it doesn't say anything about the uh, flight. I would like to know more about that because if that caused me, like if that screwed my day over, timing wise, I feel like I should have the right to sue the man. Like, I, we got to really, we got to start doing things in order to prevent this from happening, right? Like, one person shouldn't be able to have such control. It was why, as a country, we all united in our support of the, um, what's the crap airline? That, uh, Spirit? Was that who it was? They're not yeah. good, Were yeah. they? Was that the, was it Spirit or was it Frontier where they taped the guy to the, the seat? I think it was Spirit. I yeah. think it was Spirit. Spirit. It's why, as a I'll country, we all united behind the he idea He had to pay for the tape, by the way. I, he should. He should have to pay for it. And he should, like, any time. In time Spirit, you're like, you see the price list, and you're like, this is a reasonable <laughs> price. If, They're like, oh, did if, you want a seat? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And if we have to tape you to the seat, it's going to be another $150. Um, any t- no one person should be able to have such control. No one man should have all that power. No one man should have yeah. all that power. The yeah. clock's ticking. Right. You know, the whole thing. 24 Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. He was um, equally as sane as Kanye, by the way. Uh, by the way, might, yeah. might be more, yeah. frankly. <laughs> might be more. There have been nearly 4,500 reports of unruly passengers since the beginning of this year. And the federal aviation. Taking me over on that one, probably. The f- the and, fe- and really, you know what's going to come from? You know, at some point, what's really going to come is they're going to have to stop selling alcohol in airports, and it's that's going, going to be a dark, dark day. At some and point, everybody loses in that case. Correct. At some point, what's going to happen is there's going to be so many of these incidents. They're going to get together and say, "We just can't. We can't risk it anymore. These these drunk buffoons have too much power. Again, no one man." should have all that power. These drunk buffoons have too much power over the uh, over the results of so many people's days, and there's true safety risks involved with this as well. And at some point, there's going to be a, mo- a movement to say, we got to cut off the booze. Like, we're going to have no choice but to cut off the booze entirely because too much of this S is happening. And... Like when it does, it's gonna suck for everybody because was there anything better than than drinking uh, related? Like when you when you're when you're taking a trip that doesn't involve you having to immediately, oh, sure, yeah. there's nothing better than enjoying. Getting started early, you know. Man, when we took my bachelor party trip down to New Orleans, I, like the greatest the greatest part about it was getting drunk at 6 a.m. on the first flight down to New Orleans. Like just let's let's start getting to it, man. It's just such a wonderful feeling. But you're ruining all the fun, you a-holes. You ruin all of the fun. You know, for you're everyone. technically allowed to bring little bottles of liquor if they're in a clear plastic bag and sealed. 
on a plane. Now, you're not allowed to drink them on the plane. That's I was gonna say, frowned upon. I was going to say. You have to kind of uh, work around other ways in order to make that. Yeah, I, would I, mean, never, I would never do such yeah, a thing, yeah, of No, no, of course not. You're never a man that yeah. cuts corners. I've never seen yeah. you do that. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're allowed to bring those. How about yeah. that? How about that? All right. Little Jordan. And yes? Oh. Oh, you were And pl- then just an announcement is that Fat Bear Week is here. Oh, Fat Bear Week! I've been waiting. Yeah. Well, what now? How do we appropriately celebrate Fat Bear? Because they're hibernating, right? So, a so the week-long online extravaganza. So people online bears are online. People (laughs) submit people submit online votes in a playoff-style competition. Among this doesn't involve real bears. Yeah, I'm really no, no, no. It is. It's among you vote on twelve of an Alaska state park's fattest brown bears. And one of them gets crowned like Miss Fat Bear or something one, like one that. One of them gets crowned. Also, your nickname Fat is Prison. <laughs> yeah, Miss Miss Fat Bear. Not bad, Kyle. Not bad. I'm I'm now I'm greatly in favor of this. I'd like to I'd like to broadcast live from the Fat Bear pageant for what it's worth. <laughs> oh man, I'm so sorry. We had an incident related to some of the audio from um, the Tyus Bowser show the other night. Unfortunately, there was just a it's a Facebook thing. It's it's our fault ultimately. It's it's certainly not Tyus Bowser's fault. Let me make that very clear. But in the second segment of the show, you miss um, where we started talking about. I I love Ty, I really do love doing the show with Tyus Bowser. He's great. Before the show started, like uh, he sat down with me and we were chatting while we were waiting for Dafe to get there. And he was like, "So what's going on in your world?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm getting uh I'm jumping out of a plane tomorrow. I'm a little nervous about it." And it, he's such a Tyus is really quite the sweetheart. Like he literally like gra- he gives me a hug. He's like, bro, you're going to be okay, man. <laughs> it was very sweet of him, right? Like, I'm like, thank you, Tyus Bowser. That's very nice of you. But I said, we should talk about it during the show. He's like, absolutely, we should talk about it. Look at those fat bears. Let me see the fat Look bears. at them. You, you have access to our Twitter? Put, put the link up to the fat bears. Say, yeah. this is what we were talking about during Young Utes today. We're nice and, and talking nice about and sweet, fat bear you know? week. I do like those fat bears. So um, we started talking about fears and, and things along those lines. and <laughs> Crab rangoons, things of that nature. Exa- crab rangoons, exactly <laughs> right. Things of that nature. Thank you, Stephen A. <laughs> yes, Jordan. Bear Chunk. Got chunk a fir- or Chunk? Chunk. Chunk. Okay. Chunk got a first-round buy. Well, what did, now wait a second, though. What did he do to earn that first-round buy? I guess he's just Chunky. Did someone <laughs> else have to drop out because they tested positive for COVID? Was that part of the problem here? I think so. Oh, no, that's not all right. Um, but, uh, we were talking about fears and like, we were talking about, you know, snakes and things along those lines. And after like, we were prepared to move on, all of a sudden the Dafe like yells out, he's like, Oh, and bears. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it's a reasonable he's like, fear. he's yeah. like, bro, what am I going to do? <laughs> you're supposed to just make yourself, he's a pretty big guy. And that's what I said. Right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to try to intimidate the bear. And he's like. Yeah, I, I, there's no way I'm gonna think to do that if I'm standing in front of a bear. I'm like, bro, I think you might have a chance. Me, maybe not so much. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to intimidate the bear, but you, you also might... did not work in prison. <laughs> Correct. I did everything I could. It was just not intimidating all that much. And then I was like, all right, Hurricane, come on. It's some nobody else is. All right. We have really quadrupled down on prison rape jokes. This has been all pretty good though. <laughs> quadrupled down. Nothing but the prison rape portion of the program. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, little Jordan. Appreciate your hard work. That was Young Utes. Uh, go look at the Fat Bears. Uh, today's show <laughs> also brought to you. What are we doing exactly? It's also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day. 
in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go. Check out buyatoyota.com or you can find those deals on new RAV4s at your local Toyota dealer today. We good? Not quite. Waiting for him to join the meeting. Hoping that means he's gotten the invite, but you know. Just got a text. Oh, he's launching it. Oh, we are he's launching it right now. About to that. be good. Launching it right now. Very good. All right, we launched this last week. If uh, if you missed it, we're doing a new segment on Fridays. We don't get to talk a lot of college football during the course of the week, because obviously around here we are quite Ravens-centric. Uh, we've uh, developed this friendship with Senator Justin. Uh, oh, I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to get it right, Senator. Senator Justin Reedy over the years. Um, of course, he was uh, author, uh, co-author of the uh, the Jordan McNair Safe and Fair Play Act, which you care a great deal about. We've been trying to figure out how to get rid of daylight savings time. We got to make sure we keep prioritizing that, Senator. Uh, but in the meantime, um, he's he's just a huge college football enthusiast and uh, writes about college football for the Duck Pin. And he joins us now on Fridays for a segment called Senator's Suggestions. Senator Justin Reedy. Senator, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. This is an exciting day. We've got oh, it's a hell of a week, right? So far, not just a great, great college football. We have got the Ravens going to Denver. It's it's a great football weekend uh, here and locally and uh, around the country. Yeah, and it actually starts tonight. Like it's a bummer that Maryland didn't get put in the top twenty-five this week, which you know they're just outside. They're sitting at twenty-seven, um, so the rest of the country can maybe understand. But this this should be really good tonight and. While Iowa is rightly favored in College Park, I don't think I, I I would be surprised if Iowa just truly runs over Maryland tonight. No, I, I think you're correct. Uh, Iowa certainly has has started the year strong. I think Maryland needs a signature win to kind of get into that top twenty, top twenty five status, and this could be the one tonight. Uh, Tulia Tonga-Vailoa has been the probably is the at this point playing the best of any quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, and has one, he's one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the country. Now, Maryland has, they had one real good win to start the year over, a, a, I think a decent West Virginia team, but then they've played some weaker opponents since then. With that said, I, I, this is an opportunity for Mike Loxley and his program to really capture the spotlight. A couple of years ago, they were two and O and welcoming Penn state and then got drilled on a Friday night. Yep. I, think the, I think it's better now. I think the team is better. That team was not, that was just the beginning of the rebuild. Uh, but Iowa, I, I have a feeling, has an ability to disrupt the rhythm and timing for Maryland's passing game and control the line of scrimmage. So it's a tough matchup for Maryland, um, but it's winnable. And I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it's going to be a, a tight game. And uh, it's and, and as as you know, I ranked the top ten games on my duck pen column. This one made it to number four, which I did not see in August. This being the fourth best game of the weekend, sure. but it's very exciting. Sure. Very and, exciting. and and to your point, Iowa also they run the hell out of the ball and they can put together like a ten minute drive. You talk about that rhythm, you know, you you don't see the ball for ten minutes and you get it back. It becomes pretty critical that you do something. You can't have a three and out at that point. So critical for Maryland also though is Iowa offensively has. You're right. They can they can crunch you and grind you down. This year, though, their offense, despite their four zero start, their offense has not been that great at all. They're never they're never a high powered offense, but they this year they've relied a lot on opportunistic defense, and they've had a couple of games where they've scored two defensive touchdowns. Hmm. So, if Maryland can avoid giving them the ball, I think on turnovers, I think there's a great opportunity here to win it to win a close game. Um, we'll see how the uh, the line of scrimmage is where you'll. I think you could see Iowa get an advantage. Um, and this is a, you know, 
blocking and tackling are what football is all about. So that's that's the key. Is it no turnovers, and can they hold up on the line of scrimmage? And I think they can beat Iowa if they do that. All right. So that's tonight, of course, down in College Park and on FS1. Let's get into the Senators' suggestions. Three things we should be watching out for this college football weekend. Senator, number one on your list. Number one game of the weekend, and I, I went back and forth. There are three really, really good no games. Doubt. There's a bunch of great games, but there are three really good games. I coin flipped, and and as you know, and as you've announced to your audience before, I'm an Alabama homer. Yep. But they're number one this week, but I'll explain why. So Alabama's playing Ole Miss. Ole Miss is coming to Tuscaloosa. This is going to be a – for an Alabama fan, it's going to be a really miserable about four hours because Ole Miss is primed to score uh, and upset the tide. I, I, don't, I don't know. At this point, the, the, the point spread's about 14 and a half points. A lot of money's coming in on, uh, that I see is coming in on Ole Miss to beat the spread. As I've said before, I don't bet on football, but I, I would definitely say Alabama's, I think, I, can I want to make it very clear. Neither do I, Senator. Oh, you, you're not doing the thing where politicians always lie? You're actually telling the truth? That's weird. I'm I, not. I don't, I don't bet on sports, <laughs> but I do keep an eye on the point spread as a way to measure the, uh, to measure the, the, the game. But I, I think Ole Miss, this is a game that Alabama, if they win, it's going to be they won it by about 10 points because they scored a late touchdown or, or there, it's a seven-point game because Ole Miss scored real late. I think if Ole Miss wins, it'll be Alabama trying to come from behind because they turned the ball over too much. This is going to be an exciting game for everybody that hates Alabama. This this is a game I've had circled as the one that they might be most likely to lose. Even though Ole Miss may not be the best team, their style is very troubling to Alabama. And, and Lane Kiffin would love nothing more than to be the first assistant of Sabins to beat him. And so I, I think it's going to be a, a lengthy a game, a high-scoring game, not not as high-scoring as last year's game, which was 63-48. I think both defenses are better, but I, I do think that it'll be kind of a 45-39 type, 45-41 type game. All right, that's the 3:30 CBS game, Ole Miss, Correct. Alabama. Number two on your list, Senator. Number two uh, is another top ten matchup. Number seven, Cincinnati at number nine, Notre Dame. That's at 2:30 on NBC. That is a, basically a pick 'em as far as the point spread. Cincinnati, I think, is a one or two point favorite, which is unusual is to wild, see right? a non power five team favored at Notre Dame when Notre Dame's not bad. Uh, and and so Notre Dame has been is four and zero. They won impressively last week, but they've not looked super impressive all season. They've won with strong defense and some explosion explosion in the passing game, but their quarterback Jack Cohn's banged up for this game. I think Cincinnati's probably the better team in this, and and I believe Cincinnati will win. Um, if Notre Dame wins this game, Notre Dame actually is on a glide path to possibly finish undefeated. I, I, this is my theory. I, I I brought this up yesterday, Senator. My theory is, and I'm I'm not a Notre Dame like hater necessarily because I just don't care about those things anymore. I was for a long time in my life. I hated Notre Dame and I just reached a point in my life, you know, I have kids, I got I got better things to do than spend much time worrying about these types of things. Um, but I I don't care for Notre Dame. I think that they get way too much attention that's undeserved uh, in terms of actual football. It's like all the attention we're putting on Tampa Bay, uh, uh, New England on Sunday night when we all know it's yeah. not really one of the better games of the weekend. Um, right. I, I just don't think they've always deserved it. But this is what if I know anything about football, I know they somehow figure out a way to win this game. They continue to largely be fraudulent, and yet they end up in the playoff anyway because they're Notre Dame, and we all have to deal with the fact that they're there, and they're going to get their ass handed to them when they get to the playoff because that's just that's the way the college football works uh, world seems to work. 
Well, I tell you, I think that this game, I, I believe Cincinnati is well-equipped to go win this game. And then as I wrote in my column, Cincinnati needs to win this game and then root like crazy for Notre Dame the rest of the way. Right, to make sure uh, that it stands up, need, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, this is a season where we've already seen some top-ranked teams lose. As I've told you, I think Alabama will lose at least once in the regular season, if not possibly twice. Look, and, uh, we'll see after this week if that holds true. Um, it could very well be a great year for a Cincinnati to get into the 14 playoff. They obviously have to win this game. Uh, it's it's going to be a tight, and I don't I don't see this as being a high scoring game. I think this will be a 24 20 type slugfest. Um, Notre Dame does tend to get home cooking from referees, so that's something to watch out for to see if they get some help. Um, people tend to be in a little bit of awe when they're refereeing the at Notre Dame Stadium for the first time. So we'll see, but it's a definitely appointment television. Uh, you, you can see this afternoon window with with noon some great noon games, and then you got this game at two thirty, Alabama Ole Miss at three thirty, and the night slate's great too. My third suggestion, go to my third suggestion. I'm just here. I'm just guessing this is a noon game that's going to be your third suggestion. It is, it is. Uh, see, normally I try to find when when can you really camp in front of the TV and have a few hour windows. It's tough to find this this weekend. It's some great games all uh, from noon till probably after midnight. Yeah, but. Arkansas is at Georgia, and this is a top 10 matchup as well. I didn't put the the reason I rated this third was I believe Georgia is going to beat Arkansas, and I think they'll beat them convincingly. I don't think that means Arkansas is a bad team. I just think they're coming off of a couple tough so, games. So, wait a second. You, you yeah. like this insane – what is the line for the 17 and a half? 18 and, eight, and, a, half. and a half. You like this line, 18 and a half? I, I could see it being a 14, 15 point All right, game. all right. See, all right. I'm okay with that. Georgia – Here's what I see happening. I think Georgia goes ahead early. Arkansas finds a way to kind of get back into it for a little while. And then, but Georgia's never in jeopardy of losing the game. That's how I think this is going to go. Okay. Uh, I think Georgia is this superior team by a good margin. So I, that 18 point line does not scare me. I, you know, again, I'd probably say there's an opportunity for Arkansas to beat that spread. But Georgia uh, defensively is just so hard to move around. That I think I, I think Georgia wins this game and it's not particularly close. Okay, the whole game. here's my question, Senator: Are we yeah. overreacting to Georgia's performance against a Clemson team that we have since learned is not any good at all? This game may help us understand that. I th- I think there was somewhat, but I think Georgia has shown such dominance even against bad competition, and I'm just the talent on the field is superior to almost every team in the country. Okay. Other than maybe Alabama and Ohio State, you know they're they're right there. I mean those teams are all right there. Um, I just feel like this game being in Georgia, Arkansas is going to end up running up. The formula to win twenty to ten is a lot tougher in this game for them. That does, but I'm going to tell you, to me Sam Pittman so far is the coach of the year in the SEC and it's well deserved. And I think Arkansas is going to end up winning eight nine games this year, and it's which is a great achievement for them. And they're building something there. But I think this game. This game is is not going to be a classic close game at the end. I don't think either team will score a lot. I could see Georgia winning twenty four to ten. Okay, all right, yeah. I'm okay with that because I'm uh, I'm taking the points with Arkansas just because I think yeah. the lines. I think they'll nice. hang in there. I think they'll hang in there. So those are the three best games of the of the weekend. And like I said, I have Maryland Ohio Iowa as being the you know the the kind of the fourth best game. Is is there even a good primetime game tomorrow night? Is there even like a like a decent I don't even remember what the primetime games are. Funny it's like, you should funny you should ask. LSU um, Auburn, isn't it? Oh yeah, LSU Auburn is yeah that's right. You got Auburn at LSU, which is always a great game even when neither team seems to be like the class of the SEC West, but I think it's an important game. That doesn't start till nine. Another game that I think might get some interest for people is is watching uh you've got um 
Boston College at Clemson. Now, Clemson, I, I say that because if Boston College can win this game, they, they actually are in great position to, to um, be right there to maybe win the ACC Atlantic. So I think that's an interesting game if you're looking at sort of the, the Northeast and the, and the Atlantic Coast um, is a great game. And I actually have said that I think Arizona State at UCLA at 1030 is an important game as well for the Pac-12, right. um, even though neither team's undefeated. But, yeah, the best games are from noon till the 330 window. That that's, does seem to be the best spot. That Georgia-Arkansas game, again, being the 12 o'clock game on ESPN, and that, of course, is where mm-hmm. college game day is tomorrow morning right. as well. All right, Senator, your uh, your football alter ego on Twitter, where people should be following you. Yeah, it's Reedy CFB R E A D Y CFB. Love to have people on there. I, I do some Ravens tweeting as well uh, uh, during the during the Ravens games, but uh, that's it's predominantly college football and. Love to have people join me and tell me how wrong I am about my opinions. Hey, man, <laughs> I, it's great to chat with you. Uh, and and can you admit how many how many swear words you let out after Justin Tucker? Like I I probably said holy s no fewer than one thousand times on Sunday. I just yell. That. I just yeah, I, you right. never are surprised, but I just when I saw when I, you know you, when you see it, you're just like unbelievable. No you know, doubt. he's the he is the truth as it comes to to sports. And it's funny because he's older now and occasionally he'll miss a kick now every once in a while you know, he you missed miss one, one on sunday yeah 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 and, and you're like well maybe it's time maybe he's gonna start just becoming a little bit more mortal you know and uh yeah uh what's amazing about him is there's lots of st- kickers with as strong of a leg it's like he ne- he he almost never over kicks the ball sometimes when guys try to kick a 65 yarder at the end of the game and it's a desperation kick what happens is they over kick it and it goes way off to the right or the left He's incredible with his accuracy. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Unbelievable. Senator, appreciate you, sir. Let's talk again next Thanks. Friday, all right? It's you bet. Thanks for having me. Senator Justin Reedy, Senator's Suggestions. We do it every Friday morning at 1120 a.m. as he gets us ready for the college football weekend. Really is just just a tremendous slate of college football games, and especially with Maryland playing tonight. Um, it's a great opportunity for you to sit down and watch some college football tomorrow. Encourage you to do that. Today's show, uh, speaking of Justin Tucker, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Speaking of Ravens, Lamar Jackson back at practice. And that was, yeah. yeah but still. I, I, by the way, to Bo Smoke's point, and I, I was, they, there is no chance they would have had him talk to the media sure. on Wednesday if they were concerned about whether or not Still he was going to play on happen, Sunday. I, yes. I understand what you're saying. It's just that they, it is really a dead giveaway with them. Um, it's a dead giveaway. If he spoke to the media on Wednesday, it's because they have no concern whatsoever about whether or not he's going to play on Sunday. If they were concerned, not even if they knew he wasn't going to play, if they were concerned he wasn't going to play, he doesn't speak to the media on Wednesday. Which like, could still mean he ends up playing, but... If there was any concern about it at all, they don't put him out there on Wednesday. They say, sorry, you know, it's just the way it's going to go. And then if he returns to practice, they make him available on that day at that point. That was their way of saying, look, yeah, he's going to he's not going to practice on Wednesday or Thursday, but don't don't go too crazy here. He's going to play in the football game on Sunday. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be all right. We, do we need to do the good Charlotte bit again or do we? No. OK. All right. Can we do little things instead? I, nah. I enjoyed that one. That was one of my favorites. All right. Uh, thanks to the senator, Senator Justin Reedy, for checking in with us. Uh, uh, I would prefer not to. That's fine. 
I mean, are we we're we're just waiting right now? Well, I, that means I'll start that. Yes, whole please, process, please, yeah. yes, please go do that. Expecting us to do one. No, nope, no, nope, not planning on. Uh, that's why I took three in the first hour so that we could uh, go a, uh, a a a good time here without having to take another break. A couple of you checking in about my my Orioles take. I'm not. I'm not. I really am not going to spend any time on it. I'm just not. I'm not trying to fight with anybody. If you're having fun, if the, if last night you sat and watched and had fun, God bless you. God bless you. I we we don't agree on this topic. We're not going to. The only problem I have is from I think there was somebody last night. I think it was Kremnitzer that was, and I, it was one of ours by the way. He's press box's own Matt Kremnitzer who was trying to get people hot and bothered about it. You're, that's a, it's a terrible take when you try to make some definitive statement. Um, Fans keep talking about losing number one pick like they have any idea what the Orioles would do with it anyway. Give it a rest. That that's a horrendous take. It's horrendous. And I, you know, if Matt called in today. I'd tell him that it's a horrendous take. You know, he's so smart. He knows the tangible value of having an earlier pick in every round and having the most money. Yes, does stupid Joe and Jessup or whatever does he have any clue? about what the real difference is between Brooks Lee and Elijah Green? No, not at all. And I do this constantly when we get to the draft. We only think ourselves amateur scouts sometimes, and we have no idea what we're talking about, to be very clear. But you're smart enough to know why that doesn't matter. You're smart enough to know what the tangible value is of having the number one pick in a draft. Matt Kremnitzer is. I don't know if everybody is, but they should be. Matt Kremnitzer certainly is. I get it. If you're watching the games, you want to have fun. Nobody wants to sit down and spend three hours being miserable. I mean, unless you're like a sadomasochist, I guess, you know. But then you're not really miserable because you enjoy that. It's, And as you know, we do not kink shame on this show. Um, nobody wants to do that. So if you're watching the games anyway, that's what you want to do. I hear you. I, I get it. But, but, let's be abundantly clear about this. That's fleeting. Today, it's over. The endorphin rush that you got last night from ha-ha LOL Red Sox is over. It's gone. It, there's no carry to that. And now, it's a reminder that winning a couple games against the Red Sox last year might have been the difference in getting you know, a, a prospect that you, you know, might turn out to be one of the great ones of all time. And, I, you know, maybe Colton Cowser will too. I want to make that very clear. I'm not saying Colton Cowser won't be. Or it might have been the difference in pooling more money in order to get a better player the next time around. Something along those lines. It's fleeting. We all like having our desserts. But there's a reason why we got to eat our spinach too sometimes. And... You enjoyed your dessert this week because you were going to sit down and watch the games anyway. God bless you. But we can't hide from the reality of it. You can't change that that's over today. There's, there's nothing left of that. There's no parade. You don't get to go buy a t-shirt. None of that continues today. What does continue is that the Orioles almost certainly will not have the number one pick or the biggest draft pool to spend and I believe it's also the number one pick in the Rule 5 draft for what it's worth. And the Orioles, I don't know if you heard, they like that. Not saying that that's going to change, that the Diamondbacks are going to scoop up some guy that's going to be a difference maker in the Rule 5 draft. I'm, you know, there are very few of those guys that have ever existed. But these are all realities of the, the circumstances. 
and you can't ignore it. We good? Excellent. Very excited to chat with this man. I've been. I love sports and social. Oh, what a cool place it is to hang out, to watch games, to enjoy some delicious food. And the director of culinary operations at Sports and Social is Ed Evans, who's with us now here on GCR. Ed, it's Glenn and Kyle up here in Baltimore. I There's a lot I want to talk to you about, but one thing that's very important to me, and i got to remember which, is it the pastrami and pickles or the pickles and pastrami? Oh. I don't. It's my favorite thing that I've ever had. It's so perfect. I need to know everything about it immediately. Immediately. It is the pickles and pastrami. Oh, oh. And that, and, and, yeah, and that, that beer and mustard, man, is ridiculous, right? It's so unreal. <laughs> Can you please tell me where this came from, like what the thought process was? It's one of the greatest things I've ever had. You know, our owner loves pastrami, right? And we figured, how can we turn this pastrami into, like, this amazing, like, sports food, you know? And we said, let's wrap it in a pickle, and let's deep fry it, right? So listen to that, right? Wrapped in a pickle, battered, and deep fried, and then let's top it off with beer mustard. You tell me what's more sports than that. It's so, it's so, Ed, I got to tell you, I've never had a quicker, when, when, when the night I was there, a uh, young lady came over and said, would you be interested in trying an appetizer? And I don't remember what the first couple ones that she said. And then the third thing she said was maybe the, the the pickles and pastrami. And I looked at her, and I don't think I've ever said yes quicker in my life. She <laughs> said the pickles and pastrami. I said, I need that. I, I would prefer if you could shoot it into my veins somehow. I don't think you're allowed to do that here at Sports and Social. But if you can look into it, I would like to, to see if that might be an option. I need that immediately. And You dis- need it on an IV drip. Right. And despite... You, you know how, like, you get so excited for something that, like, it's very difficult for it to live up to the hype? I was through, I mean, like, over the moon excited about it, and yet it beyond lived up to the hype. I was prepared to lick the mustard off the plate, and <laughs> that's how good the pickles and pastrami are at Sports and Social. So that's really all I wanted to talk about. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, Ed, for people that haven't been down that are like, okay, cool, you know, it's a it's a place that's got a lot of screens and bubble hockey and like that's cool, but you know, I've I've been to these types of sports bars over the years and I know what kind of food they have at these types of sports bars. Um, could you try to explain why the culinary experience at Sports and Social at Live Casino Hotel is maybe a little bit different than your average sports bar? Well, let's talk about the whole experience, right? So the food as we elevate it, you know, yes, you're right. You can get wings anywhere, but you know what? No one's wing process is going to be a three-day process to give you the perfect wing. Okay, I need to know more. I need to know more. What is the three-day wing process, Ed? You have you know, to we give. Gotta, we gotta, well, I, I can give you a little bit because if, if, in case my competitors are listening, I don't want I don't want them all to take what we're doing. Yeah, but I understand under, that. But 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 understand, we have something called a brining process that we do with our wings, right? And that and that's a three-day process. You have to make the brine that you're going to soak the wings in for 24 hours, right? Then, then you got to batter them. Then we got, a, we got a special cooking process that we do before we deep fry the wings. And that's all to ensure that every time you bite into a wing, you're not getting that dried out. You know what it is. You know what I'm talking yep. about, that dried, hard wing that's almost like a chicken jerky versus a chicken wing, right? Yep. We're giving you this, this juicy wing all the way through that's set in the brine and the flavor profile is off the charts. Ah. So that's... You know, just the culinary, yeah, that's the culinary, you know, the culinary approach to how we do our food is just, it's elevated. 
I mean, it's the best way I can say it, right? I I need you Uh, to. It might get awkward. Kyle's love language is chicken wings. It is, and and so he might end up proposing to you. I'm so sorry, Ed. I'm just I just have to warn you. (laughs) Listen, man, I'm taken, but you know we still work something out. Uh, What else should people know about on the menu? Well, you know, you get a burger anywhere, right? The ultimate burger for us, though, I'll bacon cheeseburger with the caramelized onions. Forget about it. And when I say forget about it, I mean forget about it. I you did, know, we got to. I, I did when I was down there. I did one. What was the burger with blue cheese? What What was the one that I got? I did. Was that the yeah, same? Yeah, same thing. I'll okay. Burger. It, 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 tell me, was it not insane? Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable. It was perfect. And as you point out, the, the caramelized onions is. Uh, just those words need to exist. We need to make sure that caramelized onions become more a part of our day-to-day life in society. Um, it's I that was that's by the way that's my slogan for becoming president is make caramelized onions okay. more of a part of day-to-day life. Um, it's such it's such a perfect combination of blue cheese, caramelized onions. I did it with bacon. I mean, it was just such a perfect combination of toppings for a burger. Have you have you tried our nachos? I have not, but I'd like to. I'd like to hear more. I'd like to sign up for your newsletter, please. (laughs) You have not tried our loaded nachos, right? So Uh, let's let's talk. Let's let's talk ten ounces of just goodness, right? House house made nacho cheese, jalapenos. You can get it with pulled pork. You can get it with pulled chicken. You can get it with shrimp. I mean, again, where where are you going to go and get a pulled pork nacho? Jalapenos, black beans, pico de gallo, house-made cheese. It's ridiculous. Then we bake it in the oven. We bring it out with another cheese bit on top. Then we top it with guacamole, sour cream, and salsa. Yeah, forget about it. Oh, forget boy. about it. You're making things awkward you know? here in the studio because we want to throw yeah. the headphones down and just immediately, <laughs> immediately. How how far of a run is it to sports and social right now? It's- it's uh, not far. Oh, God. I, if you guys haven't been, of course, Sports and Social, um, it's still only been open for a few months, so it, it, I can understand if you haven't been yet, but I don't know what you're waiting for. It's at Live Casino Hotel. And, and Ed, it's not just the food. Of course, Ed is in charge of, of culinary operations, but it's not just the food. As I pointed out, the atmosphere is insane. It, it, we've shown pictures of like this just giant wall of screens um, 100 is, plus feet. It's it's overwhelming, and then there's screens like throughout. It, that's the huge wall, and then there's more screens throughout the area. Um, so to, no matter where you're sitting, you've got plenty of action to, uh, or of uh, access to screens. And then you throw in there's a bowling alley, and then you throw in there's skee ball, and you throw in there's bubble hockey, and this giant foosball table, which like is when you walk, you're like how. How many people do you need to play this giant foosball thing? And then you realize it's just the most fun you're ever going to have in your life playing giant foosball with, like, 12 of your friends at Sports and Social. It's such an amazing atmosphere. I've said before, Ed, this is the only danger, is between the food and the atmosphere, you're going to end up losing entire days at Sports and Social. Like, you're legitimately going to wander in at about noon. Like, I'm going to sit down and watch a noon kickoff college football game tomorrow. And then you're going to look down and you're going to say, holy crap, it's 1130 at night. <laughs> you have not left. It's just that type of joint, man. It's just that type of joint. All right, give me one more thing. One more thing out on the menu um, that people need to know about before they make their first trip down to sports and social. So uh, uh, we just added our giant pretzel with our amazing crab dip to it, man. And I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't had our crab dip, shame on you. You got to come for the crab dip. 
and you got to come for the giant pretzel. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I want to know, that religiously, I believe in giant pretzels as well. Yeah. Um, but they've got to have crab dip on it. For you know, it's, it's funny because um, I, look, man, I have been a, a crab pretzel guy for years. Like, I, when, yeah, when yeah. the crab pretzel concept was first introduced to society, I spent probably the next two years of my life basically ordering nothing but crab pretzels like it was i had an unhealthy obsession around the age of say 21 22 it was a real problem for me with the crab pretzels i then detoxed for a little while i said there are still other things i can try maybe i should try some other things and then when you first come back to the crab oh, yeah. pretzel after you've detoxed for a little while just as good you it's say, not better yeah. you're like holy crap why did i ever quit this oh god it's such a perfect concoction oh i cannot wait for my next trip yeah um, but listen, yes. listen, before you, afterwards, after you hit that crab pretzel, you got to try our orange chicken bowl. This is not typical yeah, bar food. Ed. An, no, this orange, is not typical an bar orange food. chicken bowl yeah. is not something yeah. I would normally get at a sports bar. What, what do I need to know about the orange chicken bowl? I'm, trust Again, me, I'm, I'm listening. Now listen to me. Hand cut chicken breast fresh, first of all. We cut it in-house per order to order. Crispy fried. We throw a, a soy ginger orange glaze over it with charred broccoli, green onion, sesame seeds, and then steamed rice. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's not the typical bar. Yeah, no, no offense to neighborhood sports bars, and I, you know, some of them are, are quite pleasant places. You ain't getting that at your neighborhood sports bar. It just ain't <laughs> happening. Um, Ed, you guys, I know, are always have great events coming up as well. I know I, I got some friends that play trivia down there every week. Um, and it's the place to watch the fights. It's always the place to watch games, of course, and that can be literally any night of the week. Is there anything else that I, that I, I should let people know is coming up at Sports and Social? Well, you know, we got Social Hour Monday through Thursday. Um, you know, we do our $4 domestic beers, our $5 call beers, $4 house wines, $10 uh, minimum on small tables, but that's also great. You know, we got Taco Tuesday, which is ridiculous. It's already got a head of steam. That also comes up with, you know, $2 tacos, $5 more. Oh, did we lose Ed? He's still there. No, he's still there. We just, Ed, did you accidentally hit the mute or something? We just, lost uh, him on audio. Yeah, lost the audio. Let me know. Oh, okay, there, we, there we are. There you are, Ed. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Back? All right. Yep, yep. You were talking about social yeah, hour. Yeah. yeah, social hour, like I said, is a big one. We got the $4 domestic beers. We got the, you know, the $5 call cocktails. Then we got Taco Tuesday, which has got its own brain working right now, and it's a big, big hit. We got the $20 margarita pitchers. You know, we got the $5 margaritas. Industry nights on Wednesdays. We got live music on Fridays. You know, so we got a ton of stuff, man. And that's that's outside of all of our sporting events. No doubt. Showing out, you know, showing our fights and, and all the big games. Oh, it's such a cool place, man. It is such a cool place. I love sports and social. I can't wait to get back down there. Uh, Ed Evans, it is it is remarkable. What a concept and the menu it delivers. And I and I swear, I swear. I'm going to need more pickles and pastrami in my life in the next uh, couple of minutes, I think, at this point. Ed, Ed, um, uh, great work, everything that you're doing down that way. Can't wait to get down and see you again soon. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you. Ed Evans, uh, director, the culinary director at Sports and Social in Live Casino Hotel. What a phenomenal place that is. If you missed the Press Box Fantasy Football Show yesterday, we do it every Thursday morning. Ken Zalis joins us in studio to get us ready for the week. You can watch the show, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Listen to it, pressboxonline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by CCBC as well as Glory Days Grill and our friends at the Maryland Department of Transportation. 
Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. We'll come back in, go in the kitchen, tidbit, tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach-speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirit showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five tweet us at glenn clark radio 21st century talk radio at glennclarkradio.com so weird so so you you purchased a ticket that's going to allow you you like nate bergazzi hilarious funny man yes you purchased a ticket that's going to allow you to meet nate bergazzi tomorrow night yeah allegedly Ale- what does that mean allegedly the well did you or did you not VIP meet and greet on it so yeah I well guess then so. i would assume it's a meet and greet ticket one would think and you don't want to meet nate bergazzi i guess i will well why wouldn't you i don't know what i'll say look i'm not obsessed with meeting people like the like i would never wait and by the way, I didn't like. It's not like when I purchased the tickets that was like, oh, I need to get the VIP I, meeting grade. It was through a second hand. There's no need to be defensive. No, no, no I'm giving no the context. It was through a second hand. Like, somebody what couldn't but go. But what I'm saying is like, I, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. I was dating a girl who was super into uh, uh, Darius Rucker. Weird brag, course, but all right. Of course, uh, the the Hootie and the Blowfish singer who became a country star. Sure. Darius Rucker. 
this is very random, but Darius Rucker has a daughter who lived in maybe she it still was does. Her, it was his daughter. That no, was I uh, had a daughter who lived in Baltimore, or maybe still does. I don't know. And Darius had this sort of bit that he would do where he would like n- fake call into radio shows as someone else. Like okay. he would just call in as like Gerald. And somebody told me at one point they heard someone on the show and they're like, dude, that was Darius Rucker. And I'm like, it was? And as as anyone my age, I absolutely you know, listened to Crack Rear View by Hooting the Blowfish probably 6,000 times during the summer when I was 10 or 11 years old, whatever I was. Um, I'm like, no, that wasn't Darius Rucker. I don't believe that. And then, like, this person who would have reason to know was so confident about it that I finally had um, Ryan Shell, my producer at sure. the time, reach out to Darius Rucker's, like, PR people. Yeah. And say, hey, we think that maybe Darius has called into the show before. We were wondering if, like, maybe he'd want to call in because he was coming to play Pier 6. And they were like, yeah, you know, it's something he does. He, he probably has. And so he was willing to call in. And he was like, yeah, I do that sometimes. Just He's a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a nerdy, you know, he, he wrote a song about the dolphins making him cry. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a nerdy sports fan. Well, they're so fan. beautiful in the ocean. They are. They him, are you know? quite beautiful. Uh, Majestic, he's, really. It's, it's known how he's like this this huge South Carolina fan. So um, Darius Rucker comes on the show. He's great. We have a great time. And they offered that my the, the gal I was dating at the time and I could come back and hang out at the show at Pier 6. Okay. And I've done this a lot over the years with people that I'm friends with, right? Mm-hmm. Like our buddy Jerry from OAR will regularly, you know, when they come to town, he'll be like, you know, you and, and the missus should come back, hang out with us afterwards. And at first it was awkward for me because I'm like, I, he doesn't. He doesn't really want me to be here. And then, like, you realize, no, we're actually friends. Like, he actually likes seeing someone and spending some time together. And then you you can sort of understand where the time is up, right? Like, we've had our visit. It's time to go. Like, you know, we're adults. That's kind of where it We yeah. can figure that out. But for the Darius Rucker thing, I don't really have a relationship with him. I just had him on the show once. That's sure. it. So I was like. Which I have a less of a relationship with Nate Forgets. Understand. Yeah. I understand that. But I said, this is fine. We'll go back. She's a big fan, so she'll love getting a picture with him. And I'll say, "Hey, man, it was great chatting with you." You know, I, I, I think suppose it's, it's worth it. My girlfriend has an Instagram, I guess. Yeah, and that's that's all it was about, right? We go back, you know, we say hello to Darius Rucker, we take a picture. I talk to him for like a minute. Hey, man, you know, you call into the show, oh, right? Yeah, sure. That's that. Move on. I suppose no one's day is harmed by it whatsoever, and you get a lovely picture. Now, she broke up with me, I think, literally a day later. No, you shouldn't have done that then. So I don't, yeah. apparently, I think what really happened to is she was wanted to do it weeks earlier than that, but was holding out for the opportunity to meet Darius Rucker before she broke up with me. She broke up with me in a very awkward way. She left me money for the ticket. Cab fare. In my car. Like, I, I woke up the next morning, there was there was cash sitting in the car. Normally not a good way to leave that out in the car. But I'm hey, like, you know. well, I mean, we were not living in a particularly dangerous neighborhood. Um, I'm like, well, that's weird. Why would there be cash sitting in my car? And, like, thought nothing of it. And then I was like, who would have let... It was only... I won't say her name. It was only her that was in the car. So I Cheryl McLaughlin. I call, I, by the way, we, we are so often... That's, the man's name is McPherson. <laughs> it's Evan McPherson. Didn't L- he say McLaughlin? L. McPherson's son. Yeah, it was Lil Jordan. You said McLaughlin. In fairness, we didn't help. Like, let's make that very clear. I don't. You're trying keep to throw Lil Jordan under the kickers. bus. We didn't help. We don't have reason to care about new kickers in this life in Baltimore. That's that's true. We haven't had to worry about a, a new kicker for some time. So um, I call her. I'm like, Hey, did you leave some cash in the car? <laughs> she's like, I did. And I'm like, She didn't oh, even well, know or anything. No, it, 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 she was like, 
I think it's over. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> like, we just we just had this great night. We, when, we hung out with Darius Rucker. I thought that was... Womp, womp, womp. It's what it was. It's what well, it was. Hopefully that does not hold true for the Yes, I hope tonight. this isn't yeah. how it ends with Nate Bergazzi. <laughs> I hope it's not a similar situation where she's just been using you to get to Nate Bergazzi. Well, she doesn't even know. Years. I'm going to surprise her. Oh, how about that? She doesn't listen to the show. She hates you. I don't blame her. <laughs> I don't. You, and it's a good thing she doesn't know what I think about her. Um... Uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, I, I don't. It's weird that you would be like, I don't really want to do that. It's, it's not that weird. I don't want to do it. It's, it's that's not what I was. I didn't know I, I was signing up for it's that. It's fine. Kind of it's a neat little yes, added just wrinkle. Just go say you know? hello, get a nice picture. Like that's it. But then you got to wear a mask in the picture, and it's so like, how do you what? know that's actually him? It's probably. Uh, uh, well, there's no thing that rhymes with Nate. Way there's too no much. names yeah. that rhyme with Nate. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably Brady. Yeah, I was like, all right, for F's sake. Uh, where's your hat? Oh, yeah. Man, why don't you go ahead and put that on, Chief? Why don't you go ahead and put the old hat on? There's a reason why we do things. And then, then you can you can hit play on the, on the thing. It's time for Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. Kyle in the Kitchen is brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. So... A week or two ago, yes, I was. Have you finished updating Tubular yet? By the way, I don't know, Glenn. Well, I would like to post the the starting pitchers for the games this weekend. The answer possibly. is no, but you can take it over, then I'll just finish later. Okay. I had some thawed uh, chicken cutlet sort of things, not chicken cutlets, but the chicken. You know how they had to pre-slice the chicken breasts into little mm-hmm. tender strips, if of you will. Of course. And I had those thawed for about a five-day period or so, and I said, I better use these. I better use these. Sure. That said. If I was going to use them, I'm not a big white meat guy if I'm going to make just like a, you know, if I'm going to just saute up some chicken in a cast iron. Like it's just, I prefer dark meat if I'm going to chunk some chicken and just throw okay. it in a pan and cook it kind okay. of thing. White meat is more, I think, chicken tenders, you know? Mm, I don't know. I'm not going to fight with you about this. All that said, I had no breadcrumbs in my house. If you're going to make chicken tenders. Oh, is that what you were trying to make? Well, you're not following along here. Okay. I had no breadcrumbs, so, so I couldn't make didn't traditional make chicken, tenders. Okay. chicken tenders. Okay. But through some internet perusal and just ingenuity, mm. I found a recipe for corn dog chicken tenders. Oh, I'm listening. Now, I happen to believe firmly in the uh, virtues of corn dogs. Man, who, who would argue with a corn dog? I think they are a delicious, and you mentioned turkey legs as your top dog. I still think corn dogs probably my favorite fair food. It's fine fair food. Turkey legs are, of course, the number one well, seed. You're entitled to your opinion. as matter if you're wrong or not. I'm but, correct. I'm correct. So, I was like, you know what? Why don't I give this a go? I like corn dogs. Everybody likes chicken tenders. I wonder if these two things would make a nice marriage. Okay. So the recipe called for two cups of all-purpose flour. Special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun? None of that. One cup of yellow cornmeal, a quarter cup of sugar, one and a half teaspoons of chipotle chili powder, which is a delicious seasoning, mind you, but I only had one teaspoon of it, so I had to use no! a half teaspoon of regular chili powder, right. which I don't know if it doomed the recipe, but I don't know. It was still we'll find out. Good. One teaspoon of baking powder, kosher salt, which this is not for the actual you know, batter. This is for the chicken itself. Okay. Uh, one and a half cups of milk, three large eggs, uh, and then oil, of course, for and frying. And a partridge in a pear Didn't tree. Didn't call for that. And then, of course, the chicken. So, 
You're going to mix all your dry ingredients. That's all right here, right now on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. You're going to mix all your dry ingredients in there, whisk them together. Uh, you're only going to use all but a quarter cup of the flour. You're going to set a quarter cup of that aside for the dredging of the chicken tenders before dumping them into the batter. But one and three quarter cups of flour, cornmeal, sugar, chili powder, bacon powder, all that. One teaspoon of salt into the bowl and mix it together before adding the milk and eggs to that concoction. The end okay. result is a corn dog batter. So you got yourself a corn dog batter right. at that point. I'm listening. After that, you're going to set your, you know, a baking sheet on a rack so that once you've taken them out of the fry, you can let them drip off the excess oil okay. so that they're not just, you know, okay. soggy or whatever. Yep. You're going to pour some oil into the little whatever you're using, whether it's a, you know, a Dutch oven of sorts. A or a little A schooner. Deeper. Yeah, obviously, you want a deeper, like... Yep. I guess it would be like a pasta pot. Whatever you have. Yeah. For the, I used something like that. The oil in there, about one and a half inches. Then you're going to make sure you get it up to a temperature of about 350 degrees. That's the sweet spot for frying stuff. I never fried anything in my house before. And I don't I, know if I, I, I love I doing it. I don't do it. a lot of frying. I don't know that I love doing it because I don't know what to do with the oil afterwards. That's more of my issue with it. You try to do those fried pickles for the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. and yeah, It's, it's just, just more trouble than I like to right. have to deal with now a whole pot of oil. I, After I, I'm done cooking, it's, it's quite annoying. Yeah, it's that's quite my annoying. biggest complaint about all of this. But we're like we're like looking around for a water bottle to dump yeah. the oil in. It's just somebody was like, use paper towels. So I literally like used half a roll of paper towels to soak it up and put it in my trash can. And then when I took the trash out, it was just dripping everywhere. Yep. I was like, sob. Yep. But that's for another day. Uh, then you work in batches, season the chickens with salt, and I also dried the chicken off before seasoning them with salt because you want the ingredients to stick nicely as opposed to being that moisture on the outside that allows the batter to not adhere By and way, sometimes uh, separate. Some of, you, some of you are sitting there like, why don't you just get an air fryer? All right. Thank you. We'll, we'll we'll handle that portion of the program. And then you, you got to clean Thank the air you. fryer, which is no no easier also, by the way. Well. It's covered in batter and all that. I mean, it's easier. Hey, but this is my segment. All right. Thank you. So. Work in batches. I'm just trying to avoid the inevitable. Season with salt, dredge in flour, and then you dip them in the batter. You're going to get batter on your hands. It is what it is. Just get used to it. After that, throw them in the deep frying pot receptacle. You know, cook them for about five minutes. I didn't have quite enough oil if I had to, like, turn them over about halfway through. And it was a little bit more than five minutes for what it's worth. Uh, but once they are nice and golden and beautiful, you remove them, place them on your baking sheet drying rack of sorts, and let them chill until you have finished all of the chicken. Okay. So for what it's worth, you're going to do batches. You're not going to be able to fit all of them in at once unless you have it in a commercial-sized deep fryer, which in which case maybe reevaluate your health choices. But regardless, I had left with about eight or so chicken tenders. They were hefty. They are hefty because of the batter itself. They are large chicken tenders. You okay. don't need to eat more than probably three in a sitting, and that would be more and than. And this plenty. started as a strip. Yes. It seems seems like a lot of. Well, they're like they're not like, they're not like your you know like uh, some places use very thin strips. These were like, they get a little thinner as they go down, but huh. they start probably an inch and a half in width. I might need to see them. So, after that, dip in your sauce of choice, but you are left with. Corn dog chicken tenders. Oh, that looks like a, just a chicken tender to me. I, mean, I, I understand why it's a corn dog chicken tender, but these don't look like strips. They're to heavier. Me. These look like yeah, yeah. They're chicken tenders. Yeah, these just look like chicken tenders. Yeah, they're little tenderloins. Yeah, correct. And uh, they were tasty. Honestly, the one you saw the picture. You want to see it? The one thing I would say is I would have liked maybe a little sweeter of a corn batter. Yeah. Um. So maybe That's a little what makes sugar. The corn dog, so, but it's yep. also the what makes it 
what I think where this recipe falls short, and I'm not sure how you would remedy this, is I think the beauty of the corn dog is the sweetness of the, the batter mm-hmm. combined with the unctuous savoriness of the hot dog. Unctuous. Right? You like that? Yeah. It, it's the greasy hot dog, yeah, I get it. I get the it. hot dog right. salty flavor. Yep. The chicken is a bit more bland mm-hmm. than your normal hot dog. So maybe you want to up the salt on the chicken itself and then up the sugar in the batter to try and recreate that of sorts. I would also be so nervous about whether or not the chicken was fully cooked before I ate this thing. I like, get it. At the first one I did, I had to like pull open to make yeah. sure, but after that it was all 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 systems go. Well, I get it. If the first one like if yeah. they're all about the same size and the first one was good, then yeah. yes, I can certainly understand yeah. having far more confidence. So all things considered, it was a, a worthy endeavor. I had fun doing it other than the oil part after the fact. Yeah, it's no and good. Uh, apparently there's things you can buy to recycle oil. You just drain what you've done. Like you pour the oil that you didn't fried in before through this drain system which separates any of the impurities that have like fallen off of what you're cooking and provides you with reusable frying oil. I have never heard of this. I'm not denying it, but I've I don't, never I don't heard know of one of those for what it's worth, but right. if I were to do this more often, I might look into acquiring it. How many Ottenheimers? Because of the bland nature of the chicken, I would still get about 75, so it would okay. require some twink, like tweaking in order to really get it where I think you want it, but as far as novel cooking experiences, I did enjoy myself. And I would say it was a good starting point to try to maybe improve upon in the future. All right, very good. That's Kyle in the kitchen. We'll get get it up as well as the uh, note card and picture a little bit later on today at at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. It's back on October 19th, Tuesday night, October 19th. We will be at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. Looking forward to getting back down that way. There just aren't a lot of shows that go down that way. So if you live on that side of town, this is your chance to come out, hang out with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. Um, We've been having a lot of fun doing these shows and can't wait for October 19th. It's all brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia, Press Box, and our friends at True Strong Services. All right. Find out, I should say find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. That's where the schedule is for the uh, the re- remainder of the season. And uh, also GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to find out about all the great events they have coming up and great deals on merchandise, too. All Memorabilia. right. You're going to do it again? Interrupt me one nope. more time? Of the day. All right, so what I was trying to say was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, little Jordan. How you doing, buddy? The Baltimore uh, Ravens. Not, your muted. mic's not yeah, on. Sorry. How convenient. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens will be squaring off against the Denver Broncos, and that is hopefully going to prove to be a, a good outcome for the Ravens. Yeah, that I would like fans. that. A but great deal. Regardless, we do know the Broncos are a formidable team through three weeks against four teams, but it is what it is. Teddy Bridgewater has led them to a successful start to the season as, on a per-possession basis, Bridgewater and the Broncos rank top 10 in points, net yardage, and time of possession. So they are able to control the clock and move the ball downfield efficiently as a result, though they do not have Lamar Jackson, despite them sharing the same alma mater. Matter? Matter. Matter. There was a good story that... um I saw this. Rebeck and, and somebody else did for The Athletic about the connection between Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater. Well... Teddy Bridgewater is not Lamar Jackson, literally and figuratively. According to Zebra Technology, a thing I'd only heard of just now when making this tidbit, Lamar Jackson in Sunday's game against Detroit averaged 14.8 air yards per completion, 19.3 air yards per attempt, and he threw an average of 8.5 air yards past the first down marker. All three were the highest marks 
since the start of the 2020 season for any quarterback. Put, he has put him in the Hall of Fame now. Stretching the ball downfield. Now, people had some complaints about the Ravens' running back utilization and Tyson Williams seeing such a limited role. It bears mentioning that only Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders have a higher yards per rush on first down this season than does Tyson Williams. So we'll see whether he is more involved on Sunday or if they opt to go in a different direction once more. Of course, okay. when Lamar was throwing the ball downfield, it didn't always end as we hoped because the Marquise Brown had some uh, unfortunate drops. That said, despite his drops, through three games on Pro Football Focus's rankings, Marquise Brown, with a 15-target minimum for wide receivers, still ranks eighth in wide receiver grades in football this year. So, through three games, which seven wideouts with at least 15 targets have a higher grade than Marquise Brown? Um, Go ahead, Jordan. You can, you can jump in here. I'm going to think Lockett. No. Um, Stefan Diggs. No. Hasn't been great so far. Mm, he might have been great, but he's... No, he hasn't been great, Glenn. Oh? He's not above him. So Really? Yeah, you're wrong. CD? No. Uh, Cooper Cup. Number one okay, is yeah, Cooper Cup. He's been very good. There's no doubt about that. He's been very good. Debo. No, surprisingly. He's been very good, though. Um, Hauser's bouts. Jamar Chase. No. Higgins. No. Uh. You guys are doing great so far. Well, I'm, I'm between. You're doing great, I'm sweetie. between. Should I just be like picking the guys that I know are good versus like should, DeAndre Hopkins? No. Okay, that's this is why I'm. Uh, uh Jacques. Um, uh, Calvin Ridley. No, I wish. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. No. Keenan Allen. Ninth. That helps no one. <laughs> Justin Herbert a little. I mean, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Mike Williams? Fourth. Ah. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. He's played well, but, I mean, that's sort of not that. This is part of the reason why I struggle with this old PFF thing, man. What does it actually mean? Uh, oh, he's been great this year, for what's worth. He's been really good. I'm, I uh, wish I had drafted him in some of my leagues, but alas, I did not. Tyreek Hill. No. Terry McLaurin? Not tenth, so close. DJ but, Moore. Sixth for the Maryland alum. He's been really good. Oh, thank! My phone didn't understand that. Ah, if okay. you were wondering, it's a wacky bit my phone's been doing recently. Love when they just listen for no oh, reason. Oh, it's really exciting, isn't it? I asked you for nothing. Uh, how about yuck? Um, how about Marvin Jones? No. DJ Chark? No. There was no. He got hurt. There was last no night. leading. No, that's. I thought. That's why yeah. I was I confused. Right. Yeah. There, no, that's not. Justin Jefferson. Nope. Adam Thielen. Yeah. Nope. Oh. One of the people on this list is a teammate of one of the people you've already named. So I mean, we've named a lot of people, bro. It's not going to help us all that much. Mike. Mike. Uh, no. You're also Mike just forgetting Evans. somebody all altogether. Just obviously forgetting someone. Devonte Adams. Number two is Devonte right, Adams. There, yeah. It's hard to figure out. All right, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, it's a teammate of somebody we already named. We did name. Uh, we named C.D. Lamb. So is it Amari Cooper? It is not. Is it? Is it a Cowboy? No. Nope. Okay. We named DeAndre Hopkins. Is it a Cardinal? Could be. Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk. 
Number three is Christian right. Kirk. Who else, how many more are we missing? You were missing two. Any more? One of are? whom played the Ravens. One of whom played against the Ravens. Uh, Henry Ruggs? No. Was it a Raider? I don't know. Just say yes or no. It's 12-15. Hunter uh, Renfro? Number five oh, is yeah, Hunter he's Renfro. He's been really good. That's true. All right, so there's one more. Yes, very productive so far this year. He's been productive for the past few seasons. Actually, he's been productive for a lot of his career. Okay, so... He's been traded a lot. Traded a lot. He's been productive. Brandon Cooks. Number seven is Brandon Cooks. All right, there you go. Tubular is brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. I had utterly forgotten that Anthony Miller was in Houston, by the way. I had completely forgotten about that. Um, here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Uh, tonight, uh, FS1 for Iowa and Maryland at 8 o'clock. Masson 2 for Orioles Blue Jays at 7. Thomas Eshelman and Steven Matz, the pitching matchup there. And WWE SmackDown live from Royal Farms Arena tonight at 8 on Fox. Tomorrow, CBS Sports Network for UCF and Navy at 3.30. ESPN Plus for St. Francis and Morgan State at noon. Stevenson's at Wilkes tomorrow at noon as well. Still looking for their first win on the year. It's been a tough start for Stevenson. The big games tomorrow, uh, ESPN, as we mentioned, at noon for Arkansas, Georgia. CBS at 3.30 for Ole Miss, Alabama. NBC at 2.30 for Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Orioles tomorrow or tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock. John Means, Alec Manoa, as they continue the series with the Blue Jays. And Might as well win them all now. That's probably, actually, I think they still get the first pick. If they were to lose all three and the, and Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks were to, were to win lose, all three, they would tie, wouldn't they? Yeah, I don't know who would get the. I don't know how the tiebreaker yeah, works either. either. The Diamondbacks are so close these past couple days. And the Diamondbacks are playing a team that can beat Lamont this week, Wade. Man. I know. Got guy in the ninth <laughs> inning, man. It's crazy. So crazy. Uh, CBS on Sunday for Chiefs-Eagles at 1, then Ravens-Broncos at 425. Bad news, all of the good NFC West games, we ain't getting them. Love it. There's only uh, going to be one 4 o'clock game? That's just one. You can't go up against the Ravens. That's the rule. There's like, a rule to that? Yeah, you can't compete against the team in the market. like that. You're not allowed to do that. Who made that rule? Well, the NFL did. That's that's who made the, mar- the rule. Because they, well, They're they, going to get eyes regardless. Why do they care? Because the, the team in the market wants to be the team in the market. So the, the team made the rules. No, the NFL made the rules for the teams. I need to see the, the, the contract we'll on this one. The Fox game is the football team and the Falcons at one. Boy, that's a barn burner. Oof. Can't miss that. NBC Sunday night for uh, the Love Buc- to get two Falcons games in consecutive weeks. But, but, but all, all the games that we're getting. The Chiefs-Eagles is fine because it's the Chiefs, but let's be honest. The Eagles not have a, at least interesting talent, but yes, I hear It's you. not a good game. Um, f- football team and Falcons stinks, and then the Sunday night game is Buccaneers-Patriots, which is nothing other Best than game of the century, it's just one. a storyline. And by the way, there's been a lot of weird debate about that. It's a remarkable storyline. I understand why there's so it's much the best hype. game of the century, It's one. not that, but it's an unbelievable storyline, and so I get why it's getting as much attention as it's getting. But we need to be able to say that and understand it's not a good football game to boot. I think we're adults and we it's should be able to handle the that. the best the century. Um, uh, final day of the baseball season, so all the games start at 3 on Sunday. I don't even know what, what all will be at stake. I guess the wild card is still at stake in the American League. That's still going to be very much in play. Um, and the, the series this weekend obviously impacts that because the Blue Jays are in the mix. Uh, Orioles-Blue Jays, 3 o'clock on Mass to Bruce Zimmerman and Hyunjin Ryu with the pitching matchup on Sunday. Everything else, just go to glennclarkradio.com, find it there. What do we need to know about non-sports-wise? Oh, uh, Only Saints of Newark is streaming on HBO Max if you, you don't want to go to the movie theater. You seem to have only posted the non-sports stuff for Friday. I guess I haven't published all that stuff yet. But all right. I got you, buddy. 
Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Ted Lasso, of course. You know what else? Uh, Venom is in theaters. I don't. It is. Can you watch Venom on a streaming service, or Not is that, that theaters of. only for? I haven't Venom. seen the first one. What? Is that something that's so egregious? Dude, it's really good. I've heard people it's say it's awful, and I've heard people say it's Who have it's you fun. heard say Venom was awful? I've heard a lot of people say that. For they part. shoot them in the face with a gun. Well, that's a bit much. I know. That's They don't offer anything to society. Well, I think they still should probably A marshmallow live. gun, of course. That's what I meant. Settle down. Well, Venom is out. I personally am not You're crazy about the person. idea. That, by the way, Carnage was like my favorite villain as a child. I love the whole symbiote storyline. Okay. Great stuff. But does the villain movies without the superheroes leave me sort of hollow on the inside? Uh, you're so wrong. I never saw Venom Joker. Was so I never saw Joker. Joker's weird. It's a good film. It's weird. It's troubling. Venom's not that. Eddie Brock I is... I heard it was fun. Eddie Brock is likable. Eddie Brock hear, is But he wasn't in the you, cartoon. I... There's a different thing. Eddie Brock is likable. Eddie Brock was a douche. You, you settle down, man. Jesus. What happened to you? Uh, that is in theaters, yes. Um, what else Jesus. we got here? Uh, SNL returns Saturday night. Owen, Owen, Wilson, Owen Wilson and Casey wow. Musgraves. Wow. I'm excited to see the Trump impersonation. God, I, I wish I cared about Casey Musgraves. Everybody loves her. I don't and even like, know what she Every does. time I've listened to one of her tunes, I'm like, this, I is, she sings. this is really mid, man. This is really mid. Uh, everyone knows you're a Hedy's guy. You, here's, here's how I know that the, 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 the world is going crazy. Venom got a 30% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think the audience gave it? 75? An 81%. The audience doesn't know what they're talking about. No, they do. It was a great time. Okie dokie. Simpsons, uh, through Family Guy, all that stuff. You know the cartoons. You watch them. You're going to know what's on, probably. Uh, I've heard Squid Game's pretty violent and stuff. I have not yet started it. I walked in on my roommates watching. <laughs> he's all excited about it. I, he's yes, like, he's like I, Squid I, Game. I, I wa- haven't I, watched it. I walked supposed to be in, pretty disturbing. Uh, yeah, I walked in on my roommates watching the first episode. And it's a very gory show. Yeah, yeah that's what very I gory show. I also hear that the translation from somebody who's like who speaks Korean fluently said that the translators just kind of botched it, which is that it's not the translator's fault; it's the industry's fault for like undervaluing the importance of translators. But like, if you like, they lie to get stuff gets mixed and lost in translation right. as far as what the actual meaning of the stuff they're saying is. But yeah. I don't think that's why people watch the show. In the first the place. It's supposed to be like Hunger Games and. Yeah, combined with some other stuff. But saw, that is has a little bit of saw involved. Yeah, it's not maybe not my cup of tea, but I might still check it out. I've been told it's supposed to be good. Uh, American Rust, the Jeff Daniels Showtime show, ten o'clock on Showtime. Stuff and things. Check it all out at GlennClarkRadio.com. Thanks today to Senator Justin Reedy. Thanks to the Hall of Famer James Lofton. The press box is Bo Smolka. We'll get it all up as well as Kyle in the kitchen in the greatest hit section of the Archives. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Jeremy Kahn. Stuff and things. Indeed. Stuff and things. Maybe it'll be uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, we'll see. Don't hold your breath. Bet against that. All right, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Maryland Five Star, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Lil Jordan. Where are you on uh, the socials, uh, Jordan? You need, you need to yeah, yeah, you. Instagram, jschwartzberg one and then the infamous Twitter, 00JordanS. Nailed it. Just nailed it. Uh, of course, uh, follow, follow Kyle on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. He's a sad, lonely man. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, don't forget the bat around tomorrow morning. 
from 10 to noon, and uh, we'll have another. We are, we had um, for those of you that are asking, we had to do uh, jobbing out a day late, so we're doing it this afternoon, which sucks because we're only gonna be putting it up a couple hours before the WWE draft, but it's what it is. Uh, we'll do jobbing out later on today for you. Have a, a great weekend. Go Ravens. Go Terps. Go Navy. Go Morgan. Go everybody else. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Go Diamondbacks. Ohio State sucks too.